Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back once again to my podcast. I am 24. Sorry. This is my podcast, 24's podcast. I'm going to have one of those days today, one of those games where I'm a little bit off. One of those games where I am not 100%. One of those games where I got to freaking think about everything that I'm going to say because I have like 80 million brain farts in the middle of the doggone podcast. It's going to be one of those doggone days, ladies and gentlemen. Today, I'm going to reflect on what happened last night, tonight, on Hard Knocks. Came on last night to talk about it, some thoughts. Um, also, talked about college football. Look around. 24 was right on that front. Talk about college football a little bit more. Excuse me. And what else do I have for you today? Um, Some Dallas Cowboys stuff. The Dallas Cowboys, they had their official press conference, whatever you want to call it. They had that thing today. And I'll get into that. Uh, And some, some, probably some more stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, right here on 24's Podcast. Hold on, that's not where I wanted to end the the song. Hold on. I'm pretty sure this is it. This is the second part of the song. This is like a lower Oh no, I have I had to turn down. Alright, 24's pocket. Awesome intro. Awesome intro. So, before I get on all of that good stuff that I was talking about earlier, let me just get on my soapbox here. Um, if you do not know what that song was, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm, a, I'm an anime guy. I'm, I've turned into, what do they call those, those guys, those people that like anime a lot? They call them weebs, right? What do they call them? Weebs. What's a weeb? I heard it on the internet. A weeb is a derisive term for a non-Japanese person who is so obsessed with Japanese culture that they wish they were actually Japanese. Okay, that's not me. I just like anime. So, I started to watch um, some anime in the last couple of weeks. Like, I watched um, Food Wars on Crunchyroll. I watched, um, I think that's it. Oh yeah, um, some Digimon Adventure Try. I watch those things again. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna try and watch some more, or I'm probably gonna watch Ready Player One again tonight. But I've been I've been watching a whole lot of anime uh, recently, and out of nowhere, out of the blue, one of my favorite TV shows ever came back on. 
Uh, it's a Netflix exclusive. It's called Seven Deadly Sins. I think everybody has heard of it. I think everybody watches it. Everybody loves Seven Deadly Sins. It's awesome. And I was so excited because uh, I, I had seen the first season and I was like, wow, that's a pretty good TV show. I can't wait for the second season. And then I saw the second season and I was like, wow, I can't wait for the third season. And then I saw the third season and then I'm like, wow, that kind of sucked. Context sake, there's four seasons, but one of the seasons was like three episodes long out of 24. Uh, excuse me, ironically enough. But apparently what had happened was in between, for some weird reason, season four and season five, like they changed, not season four, season five, like season three and season four, they had changed like who makes the TV show. So instead of it being like, this awesome animator where the fights were awesome and things of that nature. You have, like, you have an animator who I, I've never even heard of. And to be honest with you, none of the fights were awesome. In the t- Sorry about that. I accidentally muted myself. Let me. Is this the Japanese version of Escanor? Yeah. I wanted the English. Escanor because the English like the English one a lot of people they 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 talk about like Japanese um sub subs versus dubs subs being like subtitles and dubs being um English dubbed like a lot of people talk about the the subtitles are better the the Japanese voiceover is better and stuff like that but it's like uh it, it kind of depends on like who the voice actors are and things of that nature but Escanor was awesome, and I'm trying to find this the English version of it, but uh, I, I I can't seem to find it. But freaking, I saw the I saw some of the fights, and I heard like some of the fights in the TV show now were like really really bad. Um, in in the fourth season, the season that I literally watched just before I started a like I started recording this podcast. I was like, there's no way that it's that bad, right? There's no way. And then I saw, like, first and foremost, the fourth season ends on, like, the worst note ever. Leaves on yet another cliffhanger that I kind of, I'm, I'm like, I don't care at all. But um, but then it's like, none of the fights in the TV show this season were good. Like, none of them were. None of them were were memorable at all. And then it's like, I watch the other, like, the other studio that freaking made the anime and I'm watching some of their fights and it's like fucking night and day and then on top of that one of the weird things that they did in the new season was instead of making blood red they made it white I guess to try and make it more PG which it's like dudes are getting cut in half all the time in this show and it's like you want to try and make this show PG like doesn't make any sense me at least I got a cookies and cream Oreo milkshake from Chick-fil-A drinking that right now let me take a swig holy fuck I'm watching I think the um the fighter tournament where it's Bond versus Meliodas and Bond is getting fucking destroyed right now 
Like he he his, he like Meliodas broke his knuckle and then he freaking attacked. Then he like broke his body and now Meliodas is going berserk and it's it's an awesome fight. It's an awesome fight and it's like it's hard to tell the fight without the animator. And then it's like I watch and I remember like all of the other fights in the TV show and they all fucking sucked. God, they sucked, man. Comparatively to like what what I'm watching now, like the the Bond fight was cool. Meliodas is going up against the Ten Commandments. I'm watching that. And it's like they ruined they ruined they ruined everything. They ruined the whole arc with Meliodas's brothers. His his youngest brother was supposed to be this badass that, you know, nobody could touch and all the seven deadly sins like were supposed to be this really really cool antagonist that was starting to lose the battle with the seven de- deadly sins and then it's like literally literally they ruined all of it. They ruined all of it this season. Meliodas is I don't know if this happens in the manga. But Meliodas's brother becomes the biggest pushover I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. And then his psycho middle brother, because he has two brothers, but the youngest and then the second youngest. Like, the youngest one is just, like, he turns into a giant fucking pushover. And then the eldest becomes a psychotic, raging, hormonal freak. That wants freaking Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is just absolutely god-awful this season. Oh my god, is she terrible as a character. And I'm watching the fight where he fights up against all of the Ten Commandments, and he loses the fight badly, and they show in the anime just how badly he loses. And then I go back to this season, where freaking season four, where, like, none of the fights, there's no storytelling in the fights. Like, there's some of the dumbest stuff, like um, the, the two kings that died... By the way, huge spoilers for the anime, just in case if you're if you're a fan. But the two kings that like died in the in the in the freaking anime, like I I couldn't I couldn't give a rip. I couldn't care less. Couldn't do it. Not going to. That fight was like over in five seconds, and the the interesting thing was Meliodas's teacher in the ma- anime was like awesome. He he had a, a different form. He looked like a hobgoblin. It was awesome. The character's design was awesome, but it's like they wait they wasted him. Why does he not fight? Like how did he die? Like and then fucking like King Arthur is like the like what happened? Like he died in like 5 seconds and I'm like, "Wait, it, like is that all Arthur has? Like Arthur sucks." And they were like, "Oh man, like Arthur, he has this sword." And it's like, "Ah, oh, fuck. He has Excalibur." And it's like they, they they he's like, "I can I can kill all the demons and stuff like that." And then he dies. What the fuck? Honestly. It's like, does this happen in the manga? Really? I don't think so. Uh, and if it does, it happens better. It's like I'm watching fucking the anime version of Game of Thrones. Where it's like, I, can't, I don't blame the voice actors and the actresses. Because they, of course, nailed it. I can only blame the direction of the show. Because the, the voice actors, they're not at fault. Because I love their earlier stuff. I... I did not like the storytelling in this show. They didn't get, do a good job at all showing the characters in these fights, in these situations, in these scenarios at all. They didn't do they didn't do a good job at all. And it's like 
the show revolves so heavily around fighting. It's like Dragon Ball Z. It's like, you know what? It's it's literally like Dragon Ball Z. It's like, if Dragon Ball Z didn't have good fights, it's like, why am I watching the show? Why am I not watching... Why am I watching Goku Kamehameha Wave when he doesn't do it well? Fucking hell. Where's my lighter? Let me blaze up. My blaze up, I mean, let me light my candle. I went to the gas station yesterday. And I got another lighter. I have three lighters right now. Two of which are like really, really low on gas. I know that for a fact. Uh, the other one I, I bought, I thought I thought the lighter that I had just used was pretty much out of gas. It's not. <clears throat> Excuse me. But man, holy smokes. Man, oh man, oh man. It's just such a disappointment because I love this anime. It's one of my favorite animes. And what... Like, I, the, the crutch with Dragon Ball Z, to me, as, like, an anime, is that they just started to, like, use power levels as a way to be like, this person is more powerful than this person. And then they started to use transformations instead of, like, actually showing you how these characters are, like, stronger and faster and better. They, they just, and, like, and that requires, obviously, a good studio so that way, you know, they can show off artistically... Like, the character's speed, power, and strength. And, again, you get it from this older... Uh, from, not from the from this older, but from the old um, production company. You don't get that from the new one at all. They, they rely so fucking heavily on the power levels. But, again, you see it. They don't have to speak about it. They don't have to tell you. Even though they did added power levels in the last season, it's like, all right, they added it in, but they didn't need to, you know? Because you could see it. You could see, oh, my God, Meliodas becomes faster... And stronger and all this other stuff. And they they go from, like, kind of destroying hills to destroying fucking mountains in, like, one blow. Or at least that's what happens with Escanor. And then, they, and then like, the Meliodas versus Escanor fight was supposed to be this battle versus Titans. And it sucked. It was literally, I think, Escanor fucking hitting Meliodas over and over and over again. And then Meliodas not reacting or... Or Meliodas hitting Escanor and then Escanor, excuse me, not reacting. It was dumb. It was really, really dumb. I hated that fight. And I get, like, it was supposed to be, like, the coolest, most badass fight, like, ever. And it it just wasn't. At all. And then the characters don't even use their, like, weapons anymore, right? Like, it's all about magic. Like, Bon, Bon is so fucking useless this season. Bon was, Bon was one of my favorite characters in the anime, too. And he just becomes stupendously useless throughout the entire season. And the season is 24 fucking episodes, so it's a long-ass fucking season. And he becomes absolutely useless throughout the entirety of the show. And Bon used to be, like on par with Meliodas, or at least he, you know, he, he masqueraded like he was as strong as Meliodas, at least fucking Bon has heart, but now it's like Bon is just useless now, right, he doesn't even use his nunchuck things, and Meliodas, like, di- I don't even know where his sword is, I don't, I don't know where it is at all, it's like watching Star Wars, the, the trilogy, except the trilogy, except, you know, the trilogy was good, and now it's bad. 
That's what. That's that's how I feel right now. Like even the first season's like final fight was a great fight. Oh my god. And now it's like I gotta freaking just <sighs> I gotta like and, and I thought it's like, man, the story carries the uh the the anime and it kind of does, but the story sucked in this season alone. Like there weren't any interesting twists and turns. It was just like, hey, let's reunite the seven deadly sins because it's not like we've been doing that for the last four fucking seasons. Technically three. And then they were like, hey, you know, um, let, let's just have them power up again. Let's have freaking Bon, not Bon, uh, the Fairy King and Diane. King and Diane, you know, uh, freaking level up because, you know, they haven't gotten their powers leveled up at all, right? So they needed to level up. So of course, they, that, they spent like a good quarter leveling up freaking King and Diane. And I was like, this sucks. Why am I watching? I'm like, really? Goodness gracious. And then it's like, Bond wasn't wasn't that interesting of a character. And then freaking Jericho, she's in the anime, but like she has cameos. Like she doesn't even have a speaking role anymore. Jericho was one of the most important characters in the entire fucking anime. And she doesn't even have a role in the, in the speaking. And she doesn't speak. And then Bond's girlfriend, King's sister, like, I don't, I don't even know what's, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know what's fucking up with that shit. I don't get it. Oh, God. It, it's, uh, it's just so disappointing. Because I loved, What? What? No way! No way! Hold on. Hold on. Hold on! Oh my god! Okay, I'll finish my seven deadly sins um, conversation here. And I'll take a quick break. I'll go downstairs. I'll grab some water. I'll come back upstairs. And um, I'll, I'll talk about something that just flashed across my computer screen. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Hold on. So, you know what? As disappointed as I am with, uh, with freaking the seven deadly sins, I am so, super, super excited to talk about what, I ju- what just flashed across my computer screen. But, um, yeah, the seven deadly sins pissed me off. It really did. But, um, you know what? I, I, I thought this as I was, like, finishing up the season. I was like, man, I'm probably going to watch the new season. And then on top of that, it's like I have all of the older seasons to watch. Because, like, I, I'm, and I'm probably not going to watch the third season. Technically, the fourth season ever again. Because that season was so bad. None of the, like, the second season was so cool. It was so great. It was the best season ever. And then the first season... I mean, 
Like, the first season was great, but the second season, they fucking turned it up to, like, an 11, man. It was awesome. It was so awesome. Man. God, it sucks. It sucks how badly that second season... Not, not that second season, but that third season. Technically the fourth season. But that fourth season was. Especially after how great the second season was. When I saw that second season, I was surprised at how much stuff they were able to compact in that. Compact, excuse me, in it. And then I went back and I saw the original, like, first and second season. And then I noticed, like, they had these, like, these, um, these slides. Whenever they would go to, like, 15, 15 minute breaks, like, the, pretty much halfway through the TV show... Um, through the episode, they would have, like, these pages from the anime, and it would kind of be used as a, as a transition. This new studio didn't do that at all. It was one of the things, it was the attention to detail, you know, that I noticed that, I noticed that the new studio didn't do. Let me just write something down. Really, really quickly. All right, I'm going to, weirdly enough, I'm going to take a short break, 20 minutes into the podcast. Um, Something very important flashed across my screen. I probably will title this podcast, What Just Flashed Across My Screen. You probably know what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back in a couple of minutes to talk about what I just found on my, like, what just flashed across my screen here. Ladies and gentlemen, 24th podcast. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay. I think it's gonna be a good day Homie got the nine in the glove and he don't play Had a lot of hard times but it's okay 101 on the 4-5 OJ I think it's gonna be a good day Homie got the nine in the glove and he don't play Had a lot of hard times but it's okay 
Christian, like a fiend that he's fixing, that done battled addiction, been addicted to money, been addicted to fame, addicted to arenas and people screaming my name, but it's time to let go, it's time to make a change, so can you hit my line, I know you hear this rhyme, but come to think of it, you probably hear this all the time, probably hear this I think it's gonna be a good day, homie got the nine in the glove, and he Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. 24's podcast. Sorry for the uh, the delay. Again, some of this stuff, like literally, I kid you not, the information that just hit my desk, hit my desk as I was just like scrolling through my timeline on my computer as I was talking to you, which I do constantly, by the way, when I'm, uh, when I'm like freaking on the podcast. <clears throat> so, by the way, I went to GameStop today. My sister, you know, she said something interesting to me. She kept on saying to me, you know, Arden, because, because 24, Arden is my real name, but 24 is what I go by. Just, just refer to me as 24. So, I'm talking to her about, you know, my life, my problems, my situation. She, she's a problem solver. And sometimes when you're around problem solvers, you know, you, you, you got, you get your ego in your way, you know, your ego's in the way and you're, you're like, you know, I did everything that you told, I did everything, you know, I, I tried to solve my problems and it didn't work and blah, blah, you know, your, your ego gets in the way of you being able to see from outside of your own perspective, right? So I, uh, I, I tell her, you know, I'm having issues with my PS4, and I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima. If you've been a, a listener of the podcast for the past month, you know I have been playing Ghost of Tsushima for about a month, um, and I've wanted to beat it for over a month, and the reason why I have not beaten it in over a month is because, simply put, my controller was not working. And I freaking went to GameStop, and I thought it was the game. I went to GameStop, and then I, uh, I exchanged the game, I deleted the game off my PS4, and then I switched controllers to make sure that it wasn't my controller that was the issue, and then I tried to play it again, and then I started from a new save file, and then I tried to play it again, and then I ran into the same issue, right? And I explained all of this to her, and she's like, maybe it's something wrong with your PS4, maybe you, Arden, 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 maybe you can get it exchanged, right? Like, that's what she said to me. And me thinking, me being egotistical, I'm like, I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing, right? Ego is talking. But, you know, something struck me today, and I thought to myself, I was like, let me let me go back, right? Because I'm, I'm myself, I'm a problem solver. I'm like, let me go back. Let me think of something here. So I go back, and I try out my two PS4 controllers. I have two. I have the one that I got seven years ago when I bought my PS4. Every console comes with a with a controller. And then I bought a second one, I think a year or two after I bought my PS4. And in total, both of them have thousands of hours of playtime. Like, I, I play, I, my PS4 has a lot of miles on it. So I said to myself... Like, 24, let's see what's wrong. Like, let's let's see if it actually is your controller, right? So I go into another game. I'm playing Metal Gear Solid 5. I start an entirely new game in Metal Gear Solid. I've, I didn't beat Metal Gear Solid the first time around, and I was like, let me try and beat it the second time around, right? 
and I start seeing the same issue, and I'm like, wait, it's not my PS4. It may be my controller, and the controller that I have, I constantly drop on the floor. It sits at the edge of my desk, so it constantly falls down and things of that nature. It's lasted me for seven years. It's a tank, but uh, it, it, it's, it's at the end of its life cycle. So I go downstairs, and I get my other controller. Turn that thing on. And then it turns out that that controller is even more fucked up than this controller. Than, than the controller that I had bought a year after it. And I'm like, I, I barely use the, the controller that came with my PS4. So I'm like, maybe my sister is on to something. So I go to GameStop and I buy this pretty pink controller. I don't know why. I thought it looked cool. It's like pink and white. It looks like a pearl. It, it, it's, it's, it's pretty dope. I must admit, I'm not necessarily going to like brag about it but you know what I like it I like it a lot as a new controller where's my old controller I have like it feels like smaller where is it where's my old controller hold on where is it it's like I always have my controllers on my desk and for some weird reason here it is Oh no, it's about, it feels like it's about the same size, right? Oh no, it's not. It's smaller. The pink controller is... Hold on, let me sit back down. Let me feel this thing. Let me feel it. I'm like gripping the pink the pink controller in my hands. And I'm like, I'm I'm feeling like the pink controller is like, way more, like, softer. Or not softer, but, like, way more, like, smaller. Let me check out this controller. I think it's just because I've played with my white one a lot more than I've played with the pink one. So, the pink one feels way more stiff. It doesn't feel worn, you know? Even the buttons, like, you know how... Like, if you if you have a, an old PS4 controller, everything is fucking, gro- like, glossed over because your hands are... Just like just greasy as fuck. Um, it, it's everyone secretes oil. It's being a human, you know. But like my freaking new pink controller, like everything is new. The controller, like everything feels. There, there's even like some texture to the to the freaking to the freaking touchpad. And the cool thing about the pink controller, because it's like a brand new controller. Um, one of the dumbass features on the PS4 controller is that the light that's on the bottom of the freaking controller, you can't see on the older controllers. But on this newer one, they somehow found a way to get the light bar inside the touch bar, which it makes it look dope. I'm like, yeah, that, that works. That'll fly. Overall, I'm happy with my purchase. Um, it just sucks that it literally comes almost two months before the PS4 or PS5 is going to be released. So in two months, that controller is going to be fucking useless. But it's like I won't have to worry about it, and now I know the issue. And it was a pain in the ass to play video games with that fucking white controller. I love I love this controller. I love my white controller. It's easily... I love the way it looks. I love the way I've loved the way that it looks for like seven years. It sucks that it, six, seven years I've I've had that fucking thing, and it sucks that it's like 
that's how it goes out, that it's broken when, I mean, I've rocked with that thing for fucking years and it's just fucking, I was thinking for the last year or two to, to get a, like a scuff controller, but then I was like, those things are like $200, no thank you, but I, I think I may get one for like my PS5, I think so, I think so. On to the good, the interesting, the fantastic news that just came across uh, my desk. Shout out to my guy, Botch Lombardi. He had this video, this live stream, literally out. And I was like, no way, no way. Yes way, yes way. Play the music! Yeah. months i've been you know i i've been thinking to myself i'm like everson griffin and jadavian Clowney are such a dallas cowboy move the dallas cowboys love to make these types of moves love to make moves that are low risk high reward moves layups essentially they're like everson griffin is out there let's go ahead and sign him to a multi-million dollar contract Multi, not multi-million, not multi-year, but multi-million dollar contract. He's one of the best free agent pass rushes that we got. That's out there. We just got to be patient. We got to, we just got to wait. The same thing goes with Jadavion Clowney. If you ask me, who would I want, Jadavion Clowney, Everson Griffin? I'm taking Jadavion Clowney. But make no mistake, Everson Griffin is easily one of the best pass rushers that was available this offseason. I haven't even read the contract details, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be for a year. But let me just check his stats here. Let me check what his numbers were last season, just to refresh my mind here. How many sacks did he have? He had eight sacks on the season in Minnesota, pretty much being their, their main pass rusher. Besides, I think, the other guy on the other edge. He was good for them. He was great for them. He was essentially Robert Quinn, except... Uh, no, he, he was Robert Quinn. I would say he was probably better. He had 24 quarterback hits. I'll take that. How many quarterback hits did Tank have last season? Because everybody says, like, um, sacks aren't... Sacks, you know, they're not everything when it comes to... Um, when it comes to freaking quarterback hits, DeMarcus had had 16. So for everybody who's like, sacks aren't, sacks aren't the only thing that matters in, in freaking quarterback pressuring. And it's like, they aren't, but they're one of the most important things that you can judge a player by. I will take Everson. And by the way, Everson Griffin had a better season than Jadavian, not Jadavian, than DeMarcus Lawrence last season, by the way. Let me just make sure. Let me confirm that. Tackles-wise... Oh no, 
Oh no, no, he had he had he had a better season. He had twenty six solo tackles. Tank had thirty, so that's kind of a wash. The, um, both of them had forties. Were in the forties when it came to combined um, tackles. Uh, Tank had forty five. Everson Griffin had forty one. Quarterback hits, obviously. Um, uh, uh, Everson Griffin had twenty four to Demarcus's sixteen. You gotta love. Dudes that hit the quarterback. That's that's my whole philosophy when it comes to to defensive ends, right? Uh, Excuse me, to pass rushers. You gotta hit that damn quarterback in his damn mouth. You gotta hit him. Gotta hit him. And it was like one of the eye rolling things. Like for all the people who defend Tank, admit it. He was not as good last year as he should have been. He was significantly overrated and overpaid. Considering that a dude that we just got from free agency is going to come in and already had a better season than Tank did last season. And I said this all offseason. I said, hey, you cannot go into the regular season with Alden Smith. I hated Alden Smith being our right defensive end if there's no other option. I was like, that's way too much risk. That's way too much pressure under Marcus Lawrence. You got to get him somebody else to pair up with him. They got him Gerald McCoy, they got him Don Terry Poe, and they also got him Everson Griffin now. Can somebody please play my goddamn music? Yeah. Yes, sir! Aye. We got him! Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Boys. All the way up. All the way up. Yeah. Turn your turn the sound down because I'm turning it all the way up. Can we can we turn off can we turn down the fan so that way you know there's not so much just white noise in the background please 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 So let's figure this tang out Woohoo money the Cowboys had a great day today So did I I got a new controller I'm ready to go back and start slashing up people and go up the team out Cowboys they talked they, they talked to Dak Prescott, about Dak Prescott, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. For, for, for the regular season, I cannot wait, ladies and gentlemen. Mm, mm, mm. I'm on Jane Slater's Twitter. She was a busy bee today. She tweeted out like every freaking hour. She was tweeting a Twitter thread about what happened. Reading some of her tweets. Hold on. I'm just reading, I'm just reading her like her just timeline right now. <clears throat> we'll talk about some other stuff. I'm just going through her her her, her Twitter. 
just scrolling. Just scrolling. Ian Rappaport reporting. The Dallas Cowboys are adding a big-time pass rusher signing former Vikings defensive end Everson Griffin. Sources tell me at Tom Paracello and Slater. With Minnesota for a decade, Griffin now heads to Dallas. A surprise. Really, Ian Rappaport? Was it a surprise? Tom Pelissero. Hashtag. I'm just reading her timeline right now. Cowboys pass rush now features Demarcus Lawrence, Everson Griffin, Jared McCoy, Alden Smith, Tyrone Crawford, Randy Gregory, if reinstated, a formidable bunch for the NFC East. Also, Tom Pelissero, you forgot about Bradley and I. Forgot about that big boy. They're showing his, uh, they're showing Everson Griffin's or some, or, and, and again, it's James Slater's Twitter. They're showing some of his moves, Everson Griffin, doing a spin move against the Bears, absolutely destroying, I don't even know who that is, Chase Daniels. That's Chase Daniels, they're destroying him. Oh, wait, I'm watching the NFL Network right now. It's going to be an NFL up to, to the minute. Yep, here we go, Patrick Claiborne. I'm turning it up. All right, all right, all right. Turn it back down. Ah, awesome, awesome, awesome stuff coming from the Cowboys. John Machado, Machoda, whatever, you, however you say his name. Edge rusher Everson Griffin is a four-time Pro Bowler who has had three double-digit sack seasons since 2014. He had eight sacks, 11 tackles for loss, and 24 quarterback hits last year for the Vikings. Uh, For the Seahawks, they had interest in Clay Matthews. He's not Everson Griffin. But worth noting that Jadavion Clowney doesn't have a a team yet either if the door is slightly ajar. They're not signing him. He wants way too much money. Jane Slater notes on the Cowboys signing of defensive end Everson Griffin. Convos have been going on for a while. Was graded out when he was a free agent. Adds another difference-making pass rusher that plays all three downs with a high motor. Why Dallas, McCarthy, and staff familiar chance for Super Bowl? Of course they're familiar. He played against the Green Bay Packers twice a year. In free agency, it appears Mike McCarthy has become quite the recruiter in the sense, in the sense of guys want to play for him. Also, it's nice to talk about football again and see Cowboys Twitter. As wild as you are, feel alive talking about it. All right, what's the contract for Everson Griffin? Oh, man. It's weird, like, nobody, like, I, I, I typed this in before I went on my break, and I was like, is, is this true, right? I'm going to try and find the, uh, 
the details of his contract. Oh, it's a six million deal. Six million. It's a deal worth up to six million. It probably has Super Bowl contingents. Like it's like, hey, if you you'll probably get more of the six million uh, that we're offering you if we go to and win a Super Bowl. Let me finish off this milkshake. That's rude of me. Let me put on some music. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Voice. That's a good cookies and cream Oreo milkshake from Chick-fil-A, fresh off the freaking ice cream machine. drink so much liquid. I'm, I, I, I hydrate a lot, okay? I'm a hydrator. So, what does signing Everson Griffin do to the Cowboys as a football team? I am so glad you asked me that. I'm so glad you asked me that question. 24, 24, why did you guys sign Everson Griffin? What does that have to do with the Dallas Cowboys? Why did you guys sign Everson Griffin? Why are you so excited? Well, I alluded to this earlier. I said I did not want to go into, you know, signing, getting Randy Gregory, not Randy Gregory, what's his face? Alden Smith. He has not played in six years. At a high level, he's played in like five. He played five years ago. But Excuse me. Excuse me again. Excuse me three times. He played at a high level, I think, six years ago. He played the last time in Oakland five years ago. You can make a strong case that he is not the same dude that he was five years ago. You can make a strong case. And that would mean that Demarcus Lawrence would have a lot of pressure as a pass rusher. Now, for me personally speaking, the freaking game that I saw Everson Griffin constantly flash against my football team, was against my football team. And that was kind of because I only saw him play up against Dallas, and I didn't really see him play up against a whole lot of other teams. Hold on. Let me pull it up. Hold on. Oh, this is so good. For me, not for anybody else. <laughs> not for the teams that have to go up against Dallas this year. I'm like, oh man, this is so good, so fantastic, so awesome. Once again, for me, not for anybody else. Fantastic. Oh my God. Let me take another swig. It's that damn whipped cream that makes your mouth so dry. But God damn it, I love that Chick-fil-A whipped cream. I don't know. It tastes hand-whipped. It tastes so good. It's high-quality stuff. Gotta like it. Gotta love it. So the game that I saw Everson Griffin just dominate my Cowboys or, uh, or dominate in was my Cowboy game. Um, he, was ty- he was beating Tyron Smith like a drum. 
it was bad. It was really, really bad. Especially at the end of the uh, at the end of the football game, I was like, Tyron is getting beaten. But there were also some some plays. I'm watching the the the, the highlights right now. There were also some plays where Tyron is destroying Everson Griffin. That is not one of those plays. Tyron got beat. But I was like, man, like like seeing Tyron kind of lose that badly against the um, the Vikings. It kind of like it, it was like. Wow, I can't, like, it, it, not wow, but it was, like, it showed me, like, either something was really, really wrong with Tyron, or Everson Griffin was really, really good. It's kind of both. It's kind of a little bit of both. But I saw him put spin moves on Tyron, um, just bull rush Tyron. I mean, I, I, like, I hadn't seen Tyron lose. You, You don't see Tyron Smith have, like, consistent plays in a game where he just gets beat. Everson Griffin, especially at the end of the game, started to really beat Tyron Smith, um, which which is why it made this game and Dak Prescott's performance in this game so great because Tyron, his best football player, was not one of his best football players, was not playing his best football. And it's like, Dak had to make plays. Wow. Then I'm seeing Dalvin Cook just literally get jumped on by five Cowboys and they barely bring him down. It took like five guys before he like actually went down. Jesus Christ. Terrible coverage. I don't know what's going on with the Cowboys. Cal Rudolph. Now I'm just looking at this game negatively now. I should be looking at this more positively. Anyways. The big guy that I was like, this guy is great. This guy is the guy that that you would want on your football team was Everson Griffin. Now, for me, if I had the option, would it be Everson Griffin or Jadavion Clowney? Obviously, it would be Jadavion Clowney because of his ability to uh, to stop the run. Paired with, like, Jadavion Clowney is kind of like a lesser version of Tank. They both stop the run, but um, they're not necessarily what I would call elite pass rushers. They're great defensive ends, but they're not elite pass rushers. They're, in fact, a lot better at stuffing the run than they are at rushing the passer, in my opinion, as evident by their lack of double-digit seasons last season. So, when it comes to getting Jadavian Clowney over Everson Griffin, Everson Griffin should help out the pass rush, which will definitely pair well with, obviously, Demarcus Lawrence's ability to rush the passer because again, he's great. He's a great overall player, but he struggles sometimes if he doesn't have help, and if he gets double teamed or pressure or a lot of attention gets focused to his side of the football field. Guess what? That's where you have the Robert Quinns, the Randy Gregorys, uh, even David Irving a little bit. He played Demarcus's spot and slash, or he also played on the right side of the defensive line as well. So. The long and the short of it is, when you have somebody that can pair well with a dominant pass rusher, it just makes your defensive line that much better. Let me take a swig of water first. Mm. And now the defense is really starting to come together. And the weakest part of the defense is still the weakest part of the defense. And that is your secondary. But with a new and up-and-coming 3-4 or 4-3 style of defense, and yet again, Tyron Smith and the entire Dallas Cowboys offensive line, 
just got smoked. They all just got pushed back in a Dax slap. It wasn't just Tyron. It was Zach and Travis and Connor and everybody. But now Dak Prescott doesn't have to worry about Everson Griffin coming after him anymore. But what does this mean in the context of, for example, um, uh, the, uh, the rest of the teams that Dallas has to face off against this season? Well, in the context of the teams that they're going up against this season, uh, I'll, I'll kind of go in, yeah, I'll go into their schedule right now. I was kind of saving it for a little bit later on. But it's like, why? Why? I was, and I completely forgot why. Let's just pull it up. So, week one, you're going up against the Rams. Now, the Rams last season, for whatever reason, they went from essentially being one of the best offensive lines in the league to being one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, they were one of the worst in the league. It's kind of why they struggled to really run the football last season, and it's also why um, Jared Goff was kind of bad last season. Wait. Is the warehouse gameplay for the Tony Hawk demo, is that available? Can I play that now? Can I, like, download it now, I guess? That's a better way of describing it. Sorry, let me just do this really, really quickly. Yes, I'm, I'm going on my PS4. I, I, I just booted it up. I think I turned off my internet for my PS4. Cannot connect to network. Why can you not connect to the, to the network? I don't know. I'm still going to try. It's not like I'm not. <clears throat> so what does this mean for the uh, the Cowboys schedule-wise? The Rams, once again, weak offensive line, couldn't run the football, couldn't protect Jared Goff, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Similar things go with um, with the uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not, you know what, I wouldn't say similar things. I just don't know anything about their offensive line, if I'm honest with you. I don't know anything about their offensive line. Um, Seahawks, their offensive line, I still don't like it as much um, as you would think because their offensive line is um, maybe not their offensive line, but I, I feel like they cannot protect Russell Wilson as much as they need to. And God help you if they keep on running the football next season. If they keep on running the football next season, you may have to look at Pete Carroll and be like, hey, man, we may just hire Lincoln Riley and we may go from here. That's that's the reality of the situation. Um, Cleveland, Cleveland's offensive line, they got they, they they didn't get rid of Joe Thomas. He retired. Um, I think they have a good center. They just drafted a left tackle. We'll see about Cleveland's offensive line, but I would still say that they have not done enough to make it elite. Or elite is the wrong word. Good. It doesn't need to be elite. It just needs to be good. But you know, we'll see about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. He is a very athletic quarterback. I remember Colin Cowherd was taking shots at him, calling him pudgy. All quarterbacks are pudgy. All quarterbacks have fat to them. They're supposed to. So even Russell Wilson, he has fat to them. Fat to him, excuse me. The only dudes that don't have fat are Lamar and Deshaun. They have six packs. And I guess Dak, too. I think Dak as well. I'm not sure. I'm going to turn off my PS4. 
Because it's not loading into the PS... To the PlayStation Store. Sorry about that. That was rude of me to turn on my PS4 as I'm podcasting here. Apparently, everybody keeps on saying Dak looks leaner. Um... Hold on. Let me type in 2020. It was like this Instagram video where he's like throwing and he's shirtless. Do I have his Instagram? I don't know how people get Like, some of these pictures, man. So, by the way, more details on his contract, Everson Griffin's contract. It's $3 million up front, and then it's, um... What is it? $3 million in incentives? In incentives, excuse me. So. Some of the incentives, by the way, are probably going to be helping the Cowboys win a Super Bowl, essentially. Let me mute my TV. Sorry about that. Yeah, but I saw Dak play like a couple, not play, but like practice a couple of weeks ago. And Dak was like, Dak was in shape. So long-winded way of saying it's not that big of of a deal for freaking Baker Mayfield to be overweight. Or maybe not overweight, but like for him to have fat on his body. It's good. Russell Wilson has fat on his body. Mahomes has fat on his body. Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, they're they're all guys with fat. They don't have six-packs. They're all, like, 40 years old anyways. Uh, Daniel Jones, his offensive line, even though they added, um, I think his name is Makai Becton. I can't remember uh, who they drafted in the first round, but they got Makai, I think. But even though they got him in the first round, they lost Nate Solder because of uh, the opt-out and because of the coronavirus. But... Makai is kind of it. I don't know who their center is. Like, God help you, for example, if it's not just DeMarcus and and uh, Everson Griffin going off, but Gerald McCoy and freaking Jalen Smith and Don Terry Poe, and, you know, then they rotate in other guys like Neville Gallimore and, like, oh, my God, and Antoine Woods, and they start popping off. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. You better hope that doesn't happen. And then they can get in freaking Bradley and I, and Bradley and I can probably play both sides, or he probably will have to play both sides. Uh, moving on, the Cardinals, their their offensive line still sucks. Kyler is going to have to start running for his life. Uh, Washington, same thing. Their offensive line is horrible. Eagles, their offense. Let me go to the Eagles versus the the Vikings. Let me see that game. I saw that game, but like a lot of games, I don't really remember that much from that game. Let me check it out. Let me check it out. <clears throat> what damage did Everson Griffin do to Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles? Nothing would make me happier than to see Everson Griffin absolutely destroy Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. <clears throat> Excuse me. I did watch this game. I did cast this game. I think this is Sunday Night Football, or no, it was the Fox America's Game of the Week. I did watch this game, or I watched the scores. I watched this game closely, either the score or the actual game. I cannot remember. I may have casted it, casted it, excuse me. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm assuming I did. But 
I do know the Eagles lost. <laughs> I'm like, that's the, that's the important thing. I do know that the Eagles lost. So, hold on. I'm watching the Vikings now just destroy the Eagles offensively. I want to see Everson Griffin destroy the Eagles now. Adam Thielen, touchdown in the back of the end zone. Okay. Looks like Everson Griffin on the stop, on the run. Oh, no, he get he gets bullied. <laughs> I'm like, nope, that's uh, that's the linebacker. He got bullied. Never mind. But it's three and out. All right, I'm not going to watch this any further. But Eagles, their offensive line right now is a mess. Andre Dillard is their new starting left tackle. Brandon Brooks is out because he tore his ACL. And they brought back Jason Peters to be their right, right guard. Right? Yeah, their right guard. Um, they're in trouble offensive line-wise. Marquise Goodwin. Ju- Marquise Goodwin? That's wrong, right? No, wait. I always get it's 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 I always get the the Buccaneers receiver confused with Yeah, oh no, I got it right. I always got um I, I can't even remember his name, the Bucks ride receiver who has got it's oh, it's Chris Godwin, right? Yeah, it's I always get Goodwin and Godwin mixed because their last names are so similar to one another. But um, the the Eagles, they don't have Marquise Goodwin. They have Jalen Rager, rookie. They have um, Deontay Hightower, right? That doesn't sound right. Hightower, right? No, I, no. Oh, yeah, that's not right. It's um, John Hightower. Yeah, it's John Hightower. John Hightower, the uh, the boy. Cause, like, see how many n- names I freaking like remember, and I get them wrong because they have the same last name or their last names are very very similar. John Hightower, the receiver out of Boise State, they got him in the draft. So my point is, is that the Eagles they have Deshaun Deshaun Jackson, and it seems like Alshon Jeffrey is going to be out for the first couple of weeks. Um, so maybe he will be back, maybe he won't, but they got John Hightower, um, Jalen Rager, and Deshaun Jackson, and they got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, but beyond that, that's kind of it, but they, you know, they got weapons, but they don't necessarily have the receivers that you would want, they also don't have necessarily the offensive line that you would want, Steelers, I think, still have a good offensive line, Vikings, their offensive line play has kind of gone down in the last couple of years, Washington, we play them again, Ravens, um, Yanada, he retired this offseason, but the Ravens, they still have a great offensive line. Bengals, they suck as uh, at offensive line. 49ers, they upgraded. Maybe not upgraded is, is the term. They got Trent Williams, who's a great left tackle, formerly of Washington. But he's great. Um, cannot say anything bad about him. I was kind of irked to see him. By the way, they also signed Jordan Reed as well. Apparently, Oh, yeah, it's because of Kyle Shanahan. I was like, that's so weird that they're getting a bunch of former Washington players. And I was like, oh, yeah, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator, I think, for Washington for like a couple of years under his dad, um, Mike Shanahan. And then the Cowboys face off against the Eagles second uh, second and last week, and then they face off against the Giants last week of the season. So everyone... Probably tomorrow, probably in the next couple of days. 
probably in the next couple of months are probably going to say, well, it's Dallas. You know, they make these great offseason moves. They get all these players. They load up. They uh, Everybody thought that they were a Super Bowl contender last season. And look at them. They didn't even make the playoffs and all that good stuff. And it's like, do you want to know why this season is different? And nobody can argue this fact. Do you want to know why this season is different? Because Jason Garrett is not here. He's not here. He's not here. And when I think of a lot of the issues with Dallas of last year, their inability to create turnovers for their offense, their inability to put their foot on people's throat and freaking go down the field and just score, just score. Don't even worry about the clock. Don't worry if it's a minute off or 30 seconds off. Just go down the football field and score. And worried about the game clock and game management. It's not like you're going to be playing football all day, every day. But, you know, they're you know they trying to manage the clock. They're trying to do all this other stuff besides being singularly focused and scoring and putting points on the scoreboard. Football's in the end zone. Kicks through the uprights. They're not focused on that. They're focused on game management, clock management, not trying to lose the game, not trying to win the game either. And now you got a head coach who's concerned with winning the football game and putting points in the scoreboard and putting footballs in the end zone and putting kicks through the upright. Footballs through the upright. Getting turnovers. Bringing in... um, I forgot his name. I cannot say his name. But the former Rams special teams coach, he's bringing him in. One of the best coaches special teams-wise in the league. Bringing in guys with philosophies of turning the football over on the defensive side of the football. It's all about helping the offense, score a lot of points, stopping people, creating turnovers, taking some risks here and there, but getting some high-reward, high-impact players overall. And make no mistake about it, Everson Griffin is a high-impact player. He is an important player for the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas just absolutely freaking stole him. Stole him. And I was going to talk about this before I looked at Dallas's schedule, and we'll kind of take a quick peek at that after this once again. But let me tell you something, man, about what Dallas just did. They essentially got their version of Cam Newton. Right? And I mean, I remember Rich Eisen, he was talking about, like, you know, uh, the 49ers, they won the offseason, they got offseason trades, they. They had good drafts. Um, Like, Dallas lost Robert... I remember everybody was giving Dallas so much fucking shit this offseason. Everybody was like, you shouldn't draft C.D. Lamb. You gotta get a pass rusher. You gotta get... You you, you gotta get... You can't get C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb. People were talking about C.D. Lamb. Everybody was like, Dallas just got rid of Robert Quinn. Dallas just got rid of Byron Jones. Dallas just got rid of all these great players. And then it's like, well, guess what? There's other great players as well that we can go out and get, which is why I was not concerned even till this moment. I was like, notice how I wasn't panicking. I didn't, like, like, I'm not even panicking about the secondary. Do you want to know why? Because it is what it is. The secondary is not going to be very good this year. Like, that's the reality of the situation. Secondary has got to get fucking turnovers, but it's not going to stop great offensive. Like, if we go up against Kansas City, I would be sweating my ass off right now. I'd be sweating, excuse me, profusely. But I'm not, because we're not going up against Kansas City. We're going up against Baltimore, who loves to run the football over past the football. 
but this is the fault of the NFL. And as much, like, maybe not Cam Newton is the best way of describing it because Cam is a little bit unproven um, at, at the quarterback position right now. This is more of the Dallas Cowboys getting, for example, C.D. Lamb in the draft and nobody wanted him. Everybody's like, eh, you know, San Francisco's like, eh, you know, we'll, we'll take J- Javon Kenlaw. No disrespect to, J- to Javon Kenlaw. I really, really liked him coming out of Southern, Cal- not California, Southern Carolina. Really, really like Javon Kenlaw. But if you ask me, hey, 24, C.D. Lamb, Javon Kenlaw, I'm taking, I'm taking freaking C.D. Lamb. Must be tripping. By the way, I'm watching uh, the Vikings and Kirk Cousins throw a field day against, against the Eagles right now. And they go forward on fourth down, and Carson Wentz is pissed off because he missed a throw. Kirk Cousins, play action, rolls out to his left, throws, fires, Stephon Diggs. Who is covering Stephon Diggs? Because he gave him like 15 yards. Just 15 yards of just separation. It's just like, Jesus Christ. And, I mean, he's caught looking in the backfield. I mean, if it's zone, then get up the field. But you're you're looking way too hard in the background, friend. Are you impressed? You better not be impressed with that soft coverage. Just letting him get a free release and run literally right by you. He, you literally run him. You, you literally let him. You were beaten. He saw that he was beaten. He turned to look at the quarterback, and he's like, he like he literally has eyes on Stephon Diggs, and he sees that he's beaten, and he doesn't turn back around to chase after Stephon Diggs, who's in hot pursuit, who's already beaten him. I mean, he's already gotten like a good like freaking three or four yards on freaking the corner, and he just doesn't accelerate. And it's like this corner puts up his hands in the air like it's it's like he's asking for a flag. And it's like, hey, corner, turn your freaking head around and see the freaking offense. And maybe you'll figure out that you're actually getting that, that you're that the team is running play action on you. And Stephon Diggs just took top off you. The one thing that DB coaches tell you is don't let freaking wide receivers run straight past you. Jesus Christ. Anyways. As I was saying before, uh, I went on that fantastic rant. Everson Griffin is R.C.D. Lamb. Again, it's like it's funny. We got two C.D. Lambs in, in you know in, in off season, in the off season. We got we got C.D. Lamb and then we got Everson Griffin. And again, anyone can sign him. And you know what? You know what? Like weirds me out about the NFL. The NFL. A lot of people they want to. They want to be, you know, these smart media members. They want to be these smart, nerdy GMs. Like, ooh, like, we don't want to pay players. We can just win football games without having good players. And this is what happens, right? Watch what's going to happen with Dallas. Dallas, and I'm going to guarantee it for the second year in a row. Going to guarantee it second year in a row. Mark my words. Circle the date. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for you to. I, I'm going to play this clip here. Dallas Cowboys are going to go 10-6 and six this season. I guarantee it. I guarantee it once and again, even though it didn't happen last year. Thank, thank, thanks to Jason Garrett. You can blame him. Don't blame me. Blame Jason Garrett. But let me tell you something. Dallas is going 10-6 and six this season. Let me pull, pull, pull up the clip with Colin Cowherd talking shit about my guy, Dak Prescott. Here we go. Here we go. This was him. Was it today? It was today. It was today. Listen to what he's got to say about Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys this year. Oh, oh wait, I, I have my computer audio muted. Listen to what he has to say about Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys winning eight games this season. Check this shit out. What will the headline be for the Dallas Cowboys this season? Dak to the drawing board. I think Dak's going to be okay. 
But again, this is another team. Sure could have used OTAs preseason with a new coach and Mike McCarthy and a new offense. And the thing that I worry about, the offensive line's getting worse in Dallas. So Tyron Smith is a great left tackle, going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He doesn't feel like a 16-game left tackle anymore. They lost Travick Frederick, a Hall of Fame first ballot center, best, first or second best center in the NFL. And everybody's getting older. And Zeke, as we've talked about on the show, Zeke numbers are very granularly, but coming down, he's not quite the same. So I think the window of everybody being great. Now, here's what I like. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, tremendous receiving court. But if you don't have time to throw, makes it difficult. And Dak has struggled in the last couple of years with good teams. Six and 12 last three years against playoff teams. And they also, this year, Dallas plays four top 10 scoring defenses. They go against the Ravens, the Steelers, the Vikings, the Niners. So the schedule with a new coach, no OTAs, no preseason, is full of four of the best defenses in the NFL. So I think a year from now, we're talking Dak's contract. What do you do with Dak? I think his numbers are okay. I think he has the schedule is not that easy. And we're going, all right, what do we got here? We got eight and eight. Never-ending contract conversation. There you go. That's my, uh, uh, by the way, summer sports full swing. Do it yourself. So he says eight and eight because Dak's numbers won't be good. I don't, I don't know how he's not going to have good numbers against defenses. Who? What defenses is he going to play up against? He was talking like four of the top. Like, let, okay, let's let's give him let's give him the, let's. And, and I love doing this. I love like predicting wins and I love predicting losses. Right. So let's say um, who are the top four defenses that he's going to go up against? Um, Ravens, Niners. I mean, you could probably say the Steelers. And then Seattle. So, all right, let's say those are his top four defenses. I don't know the rankings. I don't know his rankings. He didn't mention, like, which teams. Well, I think he mentioned the Vikings as well. Did he honestly mention the Vikings? Hold on. Let me go back. Did he seriously say that the Vikings were a top, like, tier defense? Did he not watch the Dallas Cowboys destroy the Vikings this season? Preseason. Hold on. Let me listen to it one more time and let me find out what he's talking about here. The new coach and Mike McCarthy and a new offense. And the thing that I worry about, the offensive line's getting worse in Dallas. So Tyron Smith is a great left tackle, going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He doesn't feel like a 16-game left tackle anymore. They lost Travick Frederick, a Hall of Fame first ballot center, best first or second best center in the NFL. And everybody's getting older. And Zeke, as we've talked about on the show, Zeke numbers are very granularly, but coming down, he's not quite the same. So I think the window of everybody being great. Now, here's what I like. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, tremendous receiving court. But if you don't have time to throw, makes it difficult. And Dak has struggled in the last couple of years with good teams. Six and 12 last three years against playoff teams. And they also, this year, Dallas plays four top 10 scoring defenses. They go against the Ravens, the Steelers, the Vikings, the Niners. So the schedule with a new... Ravens, Steelers, Vikings, Niners. I would also put Seattle in there. So let's give them more. Let's say, hey, Ravens, Steelers, Vikings, Niners, Seahawks, right? So he's going to go up against five good defenses this season. Ravens, Steelers, Vikings, Niners, Seattle. Right? Those are undisputed. I like both the 49ers and the Ravens secondary. I also like their ability to stop the run. The Vikings defense, did you, hold on, what was the final score? What was the final score? By the way, the uh, the Vikings game was a lot closer, just in case, because people always think that Dak has garbage time numbers. I'm watching the game right now. It's 14-14 in the second quarter, by the way. 
What's the final score? It was like 28-24, but Dallas fucked it up because they ran it and was Zeke instead of throwing it. But yeah, they could have went over 30 points against the Vikings and won this game. But he said 6-12. and 12. I think that's right. I'm pretty sure that's right. One. So, and I'll just count out. And, and he also said in the last three season playoff, uh, playoff teams. So that is, I'm just going to count the losses against the known playoff teams. Saints, Packers, and this is from last year. Saints, Packers, Eagles, Vikings, Patriots, Bills. So we're already at six of the 12 teams that he lost in the last three years. Half of the games that he lost against playoff teams were last year. Hmm. Isn't isn't it funny how that works? It's like I didn't even need to know. Like I'm so aware of Dallas's numbers that I already know. Like I already know that he like pretty much uh, selectively just sectioned off part of of Dak's record and things of that nature. Literally half of the losses to playoff teams came in one year, and it just so happened to be Dallas's worst winning year last year. Hmm. I wonder why that is. I also wonder why they fired Jason Garrett last season or after last season. But, oh, wait, there's more. There is the Seattle game in 2018, but they also went on to beat Seattle next season. Or not next season, but in the playoffs. They lost to Houston in overtime. Should have won that football game. Lost to the Titans. So we're at nine, right? Keep in mind, this is three uh, playoff losses. And then, check this out. Here is the 10th playoff loss. uh, Not playoff loss, excuse me, but lost two playoff teams in the last three years. And that is to the Colts. The only game that they lost on that seven-game win streak after the Titans game. So now we're at 10. So four games in in 2018. Four of the six losses were to playoff teams, which is fair. It's fair. But then you go back to 2017. They lost to the Rams and to the Packers. His list is off. It's 13, right? Because the Chargers, they were... They were a playoff team in 2017, right? Uh, no, they weren't. So he's right. It's 12. But literally only two games in 2017. 9-7. and seven. Oh, no, Seattle. Oh, no, wait. He's wrong again. Seattle. They lost to the Rams. No, the Packers didn't go to the playoffs. My bad. He's right again. My bad. My bad. But, yeah. Notice how that one year, 2019, had six games to losses against uh, playoff-caliber teams Let me, in the last three years. Let me look up teams that he beat as well. By the way, he could have beaten the Packers and the Rams, but I'm just not going to... Whatever, all right? Beat Kansas City. Didn't beat... Didn't beat the Eagles or the Falcons. Got smoked by the both of them. <laughs> what, what about in 2018? What happened in 2018? Beat the Eagles. 
beat the Saints, and that's kind of about it. So that's two wins. And then I think he beat like one or two playoff teams in in or none, right? I can't remember. I think he beat none in 2019. Yeah, he didn't beat any playoff teams. Okay. I don't know where he's getting the six wins from. I don't really care. The point is, is that the majority of the losses, whenever and whenever people love to dis to discredit Dak Prescott, they use that final year and they extrapolate the data from that final year and they say, "Well, look at Dak Prescott because look at uh, look at the final year of his career, his final year, not his final year of his career, excuse me, his last year, and how his last year he sucked." And a lot of people like to place a lot of stock in that year. I don't. I like to place a lot of stock in the last four years, not the last year. And when you look at the last four years, including the bad year, and I put that in air quotes because he had 30 touchdowns, 4,900 and something yards and 11 interceptions. He had a three to one touchdown interception ratio pretty much. And his team wasn't his fault that his team didn't freaking decide to go with the pass and didn't decide, hey, maybe we should pass football instead of running all the time. Not his fault, but that's okay. But the notion that and this circles all the way back to what I was talking about earlier. The notion that, for some weird and obnoxious reason, the Dallas Cowboys are going to go 8-8. Eight 8-8 and eight. Eight and eight when they are once again fully loaded, except that corner, which they already weren't. And, um, uh, and they are way better at head coach than they've ever been in probably the last 15 years. Like, I think Mike McCarthy is better than Wade Phillips. I think that he's better than Jason Garrett, obviously. And I think probably at the end of Bill Parcells' career, I think, like, realistically, Mike McCarthy, may, may, like, I, th- I feel like Mike McCarthy, the acquisition of Mike McCarthy has been so downplayed in the media that people just lose the proper context that people should uh, should hold him to, hold him to the esteem that he should be held to. The reality is, Pretty much besides Jimmy Johnson, Mike McCarthy has probably been the best head coach the Dallas Cowboys have gotten in the last 20-plus years. That's essentially what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't think people realize and understand just how good Mike McCarthy is as a head coach. And people are going to say, well, Tony Barr, he doesn't have more Super Bowl wins with Aaron Rodgers. He sucks. It's like, show to Sean Payton. He only has one with Drew Brees, and he's one of the best offensive minds in all football. What are you, like, can we get these objective, not objective, subjective biases out of sports talk? Can we just stop it? Can we have some realistic, honest conversations about football instead of these, like, ticky-tacky, one-year arguments that were one-year one analysis instead of a full career's worth of them. Like, I, I just, I like, it, it's just so eye-rolling to me to hear people be like, oh my God, look at this guy. He doesn't win. He doesn't win. Um, He doesn't, he didn't win last year, so he sucks now. The head coach didn't win with one of the greatest football players of all time. So does Sean Payton. He didn't, he didn't freaking win at all with Drew Brees. It's like, what do you, what, what do you want? What do you want? It's like we're loaded. We are fully fucking loaded. Get ready to get people's asses clapped. Dallas is coming to town. And it all starts with the Rams. It all starts with the fucking Rams. Every single team that's playing up against Dallas should have should be sweating in their jock straps right now. This this is ridiculous. 
that Dallas once a fucking again just stole another player. They let it happen in the draft. Dallas won the offseason. Dallas won the offseason. They won it. They did it. They won the offseason. And I and I constantly said this. I was like, Dallas, they need to get another pass rusher besides Alden Smith and Bradley and I. I don't like them both. And and I also thought to myself, I'm like, even if Randy Gregory gets reinstated, all right, that's fine. But he's been out for a year, maybe, and he's almost 30. Maybe you want to go out and get somebody else. I know that Everson Griffin is still 30, is 32 years old, but he is still a great pass rusher and a great player for us. I mean, he, he technically, if you told me whose stats would I rather have, I would rather have Everson Griffin over, over Tank Lawrence, Demarcus Lawrence. Like, that's just, that's just the reality that we live in. There's levels to this shit. Teams are in trouble, man. Teams are in trouble. You know? I, I cannot... I cannot wait for the season to restart once again. I cannot wait for Dallas to get back on that football field and start fucking killing people once again. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Because I know how good this football team is, and I know how bad, I know how bad some of the football teams that we're going up against are. Is Dallas going up against great defenses this year? Hail to the yes. We are. But we have a fully loaded fucking offense, and we're matching strength with strength, even though I don't necessarily like... I mean, technically, not even strength for strength. Like, you could make a serious argument where it's like... It, it's uh, it's almost a wash in some cases. Where it... Maybe not a wash, but it favors Dallas in a lot of these cases, right? Steelers, Vikings. Vikings is a wash. I mean, the secondary is obsolete. It's terrible. They have one good corner, and that's it. But once you get past that one good corner, it's... I mean, Dallas almost scored 30 points on them last season. And if it wasn't for Jason Garrett, they would have. So they go up against Ram, not Rams, Ravens, Niners, Steelers, Vikings, and then Seahawks. Seahawks, they don't have a good secondary. Steelers are kind of the only team that does, but they also have Josh Allen as well, so you may not, and they also have, I think, Maurice, Marquise Pouncey as well. He's a defensive end. So you may have a little bit more struggle running and throwing the football with the Steelers, but your hardest games, and I saw this, I saw this on the schedule. I was like, the hardest games of the season are all indoors. Like some of the hardest teams and some of the wild card teams that you're going up against, they're all indoors. And they're all at AT&T Stadium. Or most of them are. You're going up against the Steelers and the Niners at home. You're going up against the Ravens in Baltimore, but you're going up against Minnesota in Minnesota. You'll take that instead of throwing the football in the cold. Guess what? You get to throw it in the stadium. Thank you, Minnesota. Instead of having to play outside, you get to play inside, and we get to play in a nice, heated, cooled, freaking AC stadium. You're going to get to play up against the wild card team, the Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and Kyler Murray in AT&T Stadium. I don't like that we're playing him in that stadium because... He won all of his state championships, which I think are four. He won a state. He, he was undefeated in high school, by the way, just in case you didn't know that. 
but we're going up against Kyler Murray in AT&T Stadium. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm hoping that that is going to become his house of horrors. Not whores. Whore wars. Get the mind out of the gutter. Whores. Horrors. Sounds like I'm saying the exact same thing. Horrors. As in like it from the Stephen King movie, It, the clown, Pennywise. I hope it becomes his house of horrors. House of Nightmares. His House of Nightmares on October 19th. Um, We're facing off against Baker. The only team that we're not, like, facing off against indoors and at home is the Steelers. Not the Steelers. The Seahawks. And that's it. Like, that's the only... And and obviously the Eagles, but I don't count the Eagles. Like, we'll eat the Eagles up for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner this season. I'm not afraid of the Eagles. Oh yeah, in Baltimore. That's like those Seattle and Baltimore are the only teams that we're not playing indoors and at home. All the other teams we're playing indoors and at home. Good luck. And we just signed Everson Griffin. We just got him. Hmm. 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 Things are looking up in Dallas. I I, I cannot wait for this season. For week one, I, you know, I didn't talk about this, but I started to write down names, started to write down names of people who doubted the Dallas Cowboys this season, so that way at the end of the season, when we win 10 or more games, I get to name these people off by name, and I get to... You know, and I get to laugh at them, and I get to say say to them, "I told you so, I told you so." I mean, I already. How many names are I already? And if you're wondering, is Colin Cowherd and Joy Taylor already on the list? Yes, they are. Uh, how many names are on the list? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Seventeen names already on the list. Like I, I, I cannot, I. Wait, 17? 18, 19. I just added. I'm about to add two more names. Eighteen. Nineteen. Let me tell you something. Dallas is going to win 10 games this season, man. They're going to win 10 games. And when they win 10 games, I got 19 names. Right here, ready to go. Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin. Look at the teams. Look at the teams Dallas is going up against. Can you honestly tell me, like, matchup-wise... Demarcus Lawrence, Jadavian Clowney, not Jadavian, Everson Griffin, Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe against really, really young quarterbacks in some really, really bad offensive lines. Like, pretty much almost every single game in the NFC East should be won this season. Pretty much. This season. Oh, man. It should be one of the easiest seasons we got this season, man. 
All right. Enough of that. Enough of Everson Griffin. I, I've been talking about him for almost an hour. Big 12. SEC. ACC. They are all continuing forward with their college football programs, as far as I know. And I talked about it yesterday. I talked about it, recorded a podcast, I think, at midday, and the decision was going to be reached out around, like, 5 o'clock, and it was reached out around 5 o'clock. I said, hey, man, listen, I don't, I don't think that they will, and they being the, um, the other college, college programs, I don't think they will be able to have uh, football, or I, I think they will have, I, like, I don't, like, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, I think they'll have their football seasons. I think I said that. I definitely confirmed it with the Big 12. I was, not the Big 12, the, um, the ACC, because I read an article. I was like, yeah, they're, they're going to have their season. The SEC, I wasn't really sure about, but I could take a swing in the dark and probably hit it, because they're in the deep south. And then um, Big 12, I think I was, like, the only one that I was unsure of. I, I, I would have, if you asked me yesterday, if you asked me 24, do, would, do you think that the Big 12 um, would have opted out of the season? I would have said yes, but I wouldn't have looked closely at the teams that were playing in the Big 12. Once again, for those of you who do not know the teams that are playing in the Big 12, let me pull up their, uh, the Wikipedia page. Baylor, Iowa State, University of Kansas, Kansas State, University of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, TCU, uh, UT, Texas Tech, West Virginia. Hmm. wonder what all those teams have in common. Oh, they're all pretty much in the South. So, I mean, you know, it's, I, like, when you look at it from that, like, from that perspective, it's like, oh, at Big 12, yeah, they're, they're gonna have a season. Is that, like, three schools in the Big 12? UT, TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor, yeah. I mean, OU, and then OSU, and then can they got two schools in Kansas. I'm surprised that this just went, like, over my head, man. I really over my head. Well, what does that have to do with the NFL? Like at all? Well, um, it means that NFL Saturday probably isn't going to happen as much as I probably wanted it to. The NFL is probably going to figure it out. They're going to figure out ways to probably get some games on Saturdays. But I wanted it to essentially be like every single Saturday in like October. If you want my honest opinion about it. Because I went on this very long soliloquy. I was like, man, I'm super excited for for the NFL to have football games on Saturday. And uh, I don't know if you know notice this now it's like it's probably not gonna happen this season at least not to the extent that I had wanted it to happen on this season watching 
Um, Kansas City versus Tennessee right now. Kansas City, it's 32-35. Are they just replaying all of their games from the regular season and they're showing this off? I think so. There's six seconds left. I don't know if they win this football game against Tennessee. It's 32-35. There's like two minutes left until like the next hour, which I'm assuming they they don't win this football game. There's six seconds left. Kansas City has one timeout left. Third, second and four. Mahomes in the shotgun. I'm going to cast some of this. Mahomes in the shotgun. Mahomes, quick pass. Throws it in the turf. Three seconds left. Mahomes try to give it to, Tariq, to Tyreek Hill for a better field goal. Mahomes jogs off the football field. I think his name is Butka. How long is this? Is this 60-something or 50-something? Made game-winning field goal was 0-0 remaining last week against Minnesota. Oh, it's 52. It's going to be a hard field goal for him to hit. And this is just to tie the game, by the way. This isn't to actually like win the game. This is just to tie it. Bang. It's, it's bad. They hit it. They tip it at the line of scrimmage. It's game's over. Ball game. 35-32. Kansas City takes the hard L. I think they're going to win against um, against freaking, what is it, against the other team, somebody else, the the Patriots nec- uh, in the next game, hold, hold on, NBA basketball, saw the Spurs play, what was it, two nights ago? Spurs, I think, are in it, but I think they have these games called play your way in. I have no idea what that means. I think it just means, like, maybe it's like a single elimination tournament. What is the NBA play? You have to be, like, four games away from the eighth seed to play your way, to play your way in to the playoffs, I guess. NBA... In... Player way in. Uh. Uh, what does that mean? Sorry about that. I just freaking like unplugged my computer and then my whole freaking like. What's it called? My whole like. USB hub unplugged and I bought this one and it was like $20 from Walmart and I'm like this must be a good USB hub it's already starting to shut down and I've had it for like a little bit over a year it's like how does it shut down so NBA let me type in playoffs Let me try and figure this thing out. Playoffs start on August 17th. The Western Conference play-in games will be played on August 15th, 15th, and if necessary, on August 16th. What is the playoff schedule? So that's going to be in like three days, so that's going to be on Saturday. First round schedule on mat- matchups. 
When is the play-in games? ABC will air the NBA's Western Conference play-in game Saturday, August 15th at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. The Western Conference 8th and 9th seeded teams will battle it out for a chance to play in the 2020 Western Conference playoffs. If the 8th seed wins Saturday's matchup, that team will advance to the playoffs. If the ninth seed wins, a second game will be played on ESPN Sunday What? Apparently the Western Conference doesn't have a play-in game, but the the Eastern Conference team? Oh, it's like a two-game. It's a two-game. Oh, it's like a double elimination. So, okay, I get it. So, it's both teams, I guess. So if, if for example, the ninth seed in the playoffs wins, then you get to go back on Sunday and play again, and then you get to play, your reward is that you get to play a playoff game the the next day. So you get to have three straight days of playoffs. So that's fun, of playoff basketball. That's fun. So my Spurs, I think, are 11th ranked. Freaking Damian Lillard just popped off, I think yesterday I was watching it. It It was like 132 to like 128 or something like that. I don't know. But he popped off. And he beat the tar out of the uh, the freaking... What are they called again? The Dallas Mavericks. I should know this. I'm from Texas. As much as I am a Cowboy fan, I am not a, uh, a freaking... What are, what are they called? I literally just said the Dallas Mavericks and I forgot the Dallas Mavericks. Again. So... Oh yeah, by the way, the uh, the 76ers are getting their rear ends whipped. They got them whipped, 125-121. Are the 76ers even like in the playoffs? I think they are. But they um they suck. They they lost, I think Ben Simmons for the rest of the season and Embiid isn't necessarily that far away. He he looks hurt. So, we'll see. Tomorrow, Trailblazers go up against the Nets. That's pretty much done. Um, Phoenix, they also beat another team. Like, pretty much the Spurs need, like, the Phoenix to lose, the Phoenix Suns to lose, the Trailblazers to lose, and the Grizzlies to, like, lose. Like, pretty much all three of those teams have to lose tomorrow, and the Spurs have to win. And uh, and that and then I think they'll be close to being in the playoffs unless, like, tiebreakers and stuff like that come into play and... Hopefully the Spurs have their tiebreakers locked up, or else if they don't, then that's kind of a big issue. But I think they're the 11th seed, if I'm not mistaken, the Spurs are. Yes, they are. So they're two games behind the 8th seed, which is the Trailblazers. And they are literally one game behind the, um, the Grizzlies. Oh, no, wait. If... If the Spurs, if they win tomorrow, and if the Grizzlies and the Suns lose tomorrow, the Spurs become the ninth seed because it's going to be 33-38. to 38. I have no idea how the Spurs have played 32 games and not, like, however many games that the other teams have played, but the Spurs are, like, a game behind. So 
and I think it's probably because of the scheduling and the cutoff and, th- and stuff like that of the NBA. But yeah, they're, they they did they played essentially one less game than the teams that they have to go up against to play in the playoffs. So if the Spurs, if they win one more game tomorrow, they'll be in the playoffs. Thank God. Oh my God. Keep the streak alive. I was I was done with. The, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was done with the Spurs. I was so out on the Spurs this season. I was like, I can't watch the Spurs anymore. And then it's like Lamarcus Aldridge gets hurt, and uh, then the Spurs they go into the bubble, and then they're playing like just the best basketball that I've seen of them in years. And I've been a diehard Spurs fan, but boy, has it been hard to watch this team play basketball in the last couple of years. It's been really, really difficult. I don't even remember what happened last season, playoff-wise. I think it was like the season after Tim Duncan had retired, and I was just like, I I can't watch this team anymore. We're off of basketball. What else did I have about the um, about college football? Kind of circling back to that, I don't think I had anything else to talk about when it came to college football. If I'm honest with you, but um, just to like give you a heads up, I'll probably be watching more college football this season um, because of that. So, I mean, I don't know the scheduling, but pretty much the teams that I'm going to be watching are probably going to be SEC teams and Big Twelve teams. So I'm going to be um, watching a lot of OU, going to be watching a lot of um, LSU, I'm going to be watching some some Alabama, and some Clemson. Oh no, Clemson's out because they were part of the ACC, never mind. <laughs> so, oh, I want to watch Trevor Lawrence this season. Nope, he's in the ACC. Oh wait, no, no, Isn't, no, 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 the ACC is the team that actually like, that can play. So yeah, I will be watching Trevor Lawrence, right? I don't know college football conferences. They're in the ACC, right? Uh, yeah, they are. So we're in luck. Gonna watch Trevor this season. Um, their first game, apparently, let me just pull up all the teams that I just talked about here, just so I can kind of just keep track of all this stuff. Clemson, who else did I list off? Alabama, Roll Tide. Alabama's state flag is literally a red X on a white background. How's that a flag? What does that represent? Alabama, Oklahoma. There's this guy. His name is Taylor Rattler. I think he's from Arizona. Cannot wait to see him play. I have no idea who's on the uh, on the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, they lost literally all of their good players. <laughs> They lost Kenneth Murray. They lost CeeDee Lamb. They lost uh, uh, Neville Gallimore. Like, they lost all of their good players, and it's like, I, I, don't, I don't know what they're supposed to do now. Going to watch them destroy Texas for, like, the third, st- for like the f- third frickin' year in a row um, on the 10th. We can talk about this stuff, obviously, as the year goes on, and I don't necessarily know about the scheduling. Apparently, it is supposed to go as scheduled so apparently 
we should have OU football and college football like the same weekend that the NFL opens up. So that's like the 12th, essentially. The 12th, then the 13th is when the NFL like full season kicks off and it's not just like the Thursday night football game with Kansas City and the Houston Texans. It's it's that um, we, we get college football as well. So that's going to be packed. Uh, that's going to be a packed weekend. Do I honestly want to watch Oklahoma versus Missouri State? You know what? I'm not a huge call. Co- okay, here we go. Oh, wait, no. This is Alabama versus Georgia, but it's they're playing on the 19th. Clemson, when do you, who do you guys play? Wake Forest? Wow, man. That sucks. Like, some of these teams' schedules, man. Oh, my God. I don't know how people... Like, I, I get college football is fun and all, but I'm looking at Clemson's, like, the teams that they're going to go up against. Wake Forest, Virginia, and, like, Virginia Tech. Like, who are those teams? And then I looked at Alabama... And Alabama, I was like, oh, good, they're going to go up against Georgia, but they're then going to go up against Arkansas, Tennessee. (laughs) And, uh, like, actually, Alabama, I guess they have a a really, really nice schedule this year. They're going to go up against Georgia, LSU, and that's, that's, that's kind of it, actually. How many teams is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Eight? Where's all their games? Right, that's eight games. Clemson, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm missing like two Alabama games on Google. I don't know where they are. Um, Oklahoma. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, I can't. I can't find two Oklahoma, not Oklahoma, Alabama games that have just become like the Phantom Menace and just disappeared. But yeah, we're going to watch college football this season, so. Excited about that. A little bit sad that I won't be watching, like, NFL football 24-7, but it's like, it's the way that the cookie crumbles. So. Whatever. Took about two hours for me to talk about Hard Knocks and to recap Hard Knocks, but here I am, two hours later, recapping Hard Knocks. So, loved um, loved Hard Knocks. Loved Hard Knocks uh, this last night. Loved it because it did not try to, um, to do a whole bunch of bullshit that I did not like. I mean, that's kind of a, not a nice thing to say, but I've seen Hard Knocks, like, go with narratives. Go with narrative after narrative after narrative after narrative after narrative, right? And be like, yeah, you know, we have, like, we have this player who's, like, an undrafted free agent, and he's trying to make the team, and we we want to show off his life story and show him off, and when he gets cut, it's sad, right? It Like, that story is so obnoxious. I hate that storyline. I wish they would drop it. They try to go for interesting personalities and star players, but... I wish that they would focus a little bit more on football and a little bit less on, like, 
the undrafted free agent that's probably not going to make the football team. Because it's like, I have no interest in him. I have all the interest in the world on who's making the team. Not who's making the team, but like the team, the, the leaders, the leaders, the best players on the football team. And if it's a team that sucks, it's kind of hard to find those like really, really great players because usually they're, they're, on, they're not on teams that suck. But in this particular case, you got the Rams, who's actually a pretty good team, and the Chargers, who have a lot of great players on that team. So they're like you have Mark Ingram, and he was kind of a personality. He was rolling up in a hold on. Let me find that clip. They released like the full episode on YouTube, by the way. Just in case, if you want to check it out. I got an ad, so can't necessarily fast forward to this. It's like a 15-second ad. I wish I got paid to run an ad. 24 does not get paid. I'm like Ernie Johnson, you know, unsponsored by... (laughs) Did I say unsponsored? (laughs) I'm like, did I say... That's how tired I am. I'm like, unsullied by sponsorships. That's what I meant to say. Where's Mark Ingram rolling up in that, like, tricycle <laughs> he's playing like a, like rap songs like really really loudly hold on here here's mark ingram rolling up on his tricycle <laughs> on his tricycle uh, uh, to training camp let me put my mask on you know corona out here <laughs> he's rolling out of training camp in a tricycle <laughs> it's like one of those those cars you know that doesn't have a roof on it but it has like three wheels He's rolling up in a training camp in it. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Whenever I see the people like drive that, I'm like, why wouldn't you just pay for a real car, man? Like, I hate being outside. I would hate being, like, even, like all I can think of is I'm like, what happens if a bird just, you know, flies by and just, dro- oh, fuck, my bad. Sorry. All I can think of, sorry about that. All I can think of when Mark Ingram drives that freaking tricycle is I'm like what happens if a bird just comes by and drops bombs on your car it's like how are you going to clean that up and then how does a car wash work exactly right you just have to like just hold your breath for like (laughs) for like 30 for like 30 minutes as you get on that conveyor belt and you just get blasted by a bunch of water and soap and you just like I don't know I don't know Jesus Christ. If I had millions of dollars, I probably would buy a roof with uh, a car with a roof on it, if I'm honest with you. Maybe a Tesla. So that way I don't have to buy gas. I don't know. But it's not, I'm not a millionaire. What do I know about buying cars? Anyways. What else was there for, um, I took notes during Hard Knocks, but believe it or not, I, I actually did. I'm going to go back and let me 
check on my notes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting in the TV show where if I actually go back to... I should just have this up. I shouldn't go away from this. It was interesting to see, like, how often both the Rams and the Chargers, like, use the Marlins. The Marlins are obviously the the Miami Marlins or the Florida Marlins. I don't know what they're called. But they use, like, that baseball team to, like, showcase off, like, hey, like, this thing can spread throughout the team. And they constantly mention that, like, in... Like, in the documentary, like, Sean McVay and Anthony Lynn, they were both talking about the Marlins and saying, like, hey, like, we got to be careful, we got to be responsible, or else, like, we'll, like, we could essentially get shut down by, uh, like the Marlins, we could essentially forfeit games because nobody's going to care if all of your players contract the coronavirus, and um, it's like, well, and it's like, our, it's, it's essentially like, oh, wait, your players have the coronavirus and our players don't, tough, t- uh, tough shit, Guess what? It's your fault, not mine. Um, we don't have it. You guys forfeit. We can't play against you guys because you guys literally have an infectious disease. Uh, it's not our fault that you guys suck at maintaining the coronavirus. Maybe you should have done a fucking better job. Here's kind of... Um, and it was interesting to see like how seriously the players and the coaches, coaches excuse me, were taking it. Like You would have thought that some of the coaches would have BS'd their way through it. But uh, that's not the case. Let's, listen to this shit. This is... I think um, Chargers coaches talking about the coronavirus. But again, everyone's real nervous about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know if you saw Miami Marlins have 18 players and 26 happen. All right, so hey, real quick, just, this is what we're going to do. At this point, thank you, Keenan, for putting the mask on. I, I'm going to try my best to, to have the mask on, but that's hard to hear, right? So what I'm trying to do to mitigate the risk is I'm going to keep my mask as close to my mouth as I can so I'm not projecting. But more importantly, nobody in the first four rows, okay? Nope, because, you know, we're talking, and, and again, there's not a lot of science that says, you know, 20 feet, 50 feet. I don't know. I just want to make sure you always have your mask on when I'm speaking, all right? If not, we're going to do what? Go back to Zoom. Does anybody want to be in a Zoom meeting anymore? Have they talked to you guys, like, in a meeting yesterday about masks? So- for, like, the context of what's going on here, um, the coach that's talking right now, yeah, he's talking without a mask on. But the context is is that, like, he's a good, I would say, just kind of, like, trying to judge it here. He's probably a good, like, 40 to 50 feet away from the players. Like, again, I don't know the science on water droplets. Like, it can't be transmitted through the air. It can only be, like, I think it can be, I think it's called contract transfer or something like that, where it's like like somebody has to touch something where the disease is on it. It's not like it can spread throughout the air, um, as far as I know, like, besides, like, water droplets. So he's saying, like, nobody's in the first four rows, and it go and essentially because there's four rows cleared out, they're, like, 50 feet away. So... And all, by the way, should also mention this, and he mentions it as well. The coach even was like, hey, when I'm talking, everybody else has masks on. Like, again, they're kind of taking it seriously. And you heard the first coach say or talk about the, uh, the, the Marlins and stuff like that. Where is McVeigh? Here, here's McVeigh. And I think even Anthony Lynn... find it 
I'm gonna I'm gonna play out this clip here. Listen to this. The walkthrough. Oh yeah. By the way, sorry that it's kind of low and muted. It's it, like uh, I'm I'm blasting it. This is as loud as it gets. Yeah, like if we're full speed, I don't know. To me, it's like one of those. The more we can do something, the better. Like when you're. So, so I can really encourage him to walk through, but I just want to know if I was supposed to. You know, I, I think, you know, once we start running, running, like when, when John Lott was running his guys here, they can't wear masks. They, they can't wear masks. They're not so If we're going to walk through it, we might as well. Right, right. You know, and like those ones, when it's in a walkthrough, right, like you just spot it, then we can organically create some down, down, timeout or clock situations like we've talked about. Yep. So. Okay. This is so weird talking them through masks. I know. Guys, Dude, it took me one day exactly. I forgot my mask this morning. I pulled up the thing. I'm like, oh. You know, I, I ordered on, I ordered some of those face shields on Amazon. Can we can we wear that instead? Oh, dude, I'm wearing this. This is better than a mask to me. It's weird. I'm serious, man. Yeah, it is true. Good deal. So McVeigh is wearing like one of those clear, like see-through face coverings. It covers your entire face and not just like your mouth, so you can see like his facial expressions and stuff like that. And they're asking, like, and he's serious about it, by the way. Like, he goes into a meeting wearing that audacious thing. Here's the meeting. And it worked. This is what we're doing, I'm telling you. Is it better? Hey, can you see? I'm happy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, actually, I do not know that, but I think so. In all seriousness, once you get past this, you'll be able to at least see me talk, and you you can feel your facial expressions. Like, Before anything, we're teachers, right? And communicators. Well, never have I appreciated the value of nonverbal communication more than when you're trying to talk to guys behind masks and you can't see. Are they laughing? Are they crying? Are they, are they you know, you're like, what, what do you, tell me, what are you thinking right now? Pull the mask down so I can see, you know? Where, I, I mean, I don't give a if I look like a total tool that should have a blowtorch over my shoulder. It's amazing how much better you can understand you. Yeah, I can hear you now. Right? Yeah. Hey. I'll, I'll carry Windex with me. <laughs> All right. So, essentially, like, and, and McVeigh is being serious about this, and, like, I didn't watch the L.A. Rams hard knocks the, uh, the first time around because, again, I'm not a huge proponent of hard knocks, but, like, watching this first episode and seeing kind of like a, a McVeigh who's three years into the league, I think four years in as a head coach and seeing like how he goes through things and Sean McVay is one of my favorite head coaches just because of of his ability to write like his offensive mind like his ability to write x's and o's and things of that nature the x's and o's but like you hear him talk and he's like he's he's a good guy you know there's a difference in being like a good head coach and a good guy and combine the two of being a good head coach who also happens to be like a great guy like making all the assistant coaches laugh and you know like he he talks about like the porter potty the porter potties on the field like dudes can't fucking shit in them because you know i <laughs> it's a travesty you know it's like you don't want to go into a porta potty and take a dump you know and he talks about that type of stuff oh god and this is when the tv show like try like i feel like the tv show tries to force this it tries to force like dudes that aren't going to make the team trying to make the team there's this guy his name is Deontay Jackson and he was talking to Aaron Donald crazy like like he was like walking up and he was trying to flex on Aaron Donald and it was like 
so weird for me to have to watch that. And it was, like, so cringy. I'm like, hey, guys, I, I was more fascinated by Sean McVay and what he was doing with his coaches. And I was more interested in Nick Bosa and Justin Herbert and all these other players than I was with all of these, like... Like, luckily, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, undrafted free agents besides, like, two that were in the show. But I'm more concerned and more focused with the players and their actual prep for the season. Like, I think that's more interesting. And slash or can be shown off in more interesting ways than just, like, running around and trying to be like, ooh, like, who's the free agent that's going to make the team? It's like, I don't care. Like, if they make the team, then they're probably not going to be starters. Like, this, like, it's kind of why I stopped watching Hard Knocks throughout, like, the middle of the season. Because what happens is, is that they're, they, they run out of content with the starters. And they're like, well, let's go on to try and find the undrafted free agents. And you all, and I saw it with the Raiders last season. They, like, got that guy from Last Chance U, like, immediately. They tried to follow his story, like, immediately. And I was like, I, I don't care. Excuse me. Like, if he's here at the last second, then then tell me. But it's like, he should be a background character. Like, they, they're they showing me Keenan Allen right now. Like, Keenan Allen is like a background character. Keenan Allen's one of the best players on the Chargers. It's like, what? What? I love how much they, inter- how much they include the coaches. But it's like, how do you... And Jared Goff. Like, Jared Goff isn't in the season at all. Like, he pulls up, and that's it. Pulls up to get tested, and that's it. It's like, what? Neither is Aaron Donald. It's like, what? What? What about Cam Akers? Like, Cam Akers, I think he skateboards. Like, I think Cam Akers was at the barracks. Or who, who's the um, who's the Chargers running back that skateboards? He was at the barracks, which is like this iconic skate park. Who is it? It's John Kelly. John Kelly's the dude that skateboards. And it's like, bro, this guy was at the barracks. Is is he still on the Chargers? Let me just make sure. My bad. I thought it was the Rams, but it's the Charger. It's it's the Chargers. Is John Kelly still on the team? I don't know. He may not be. This is not good. I looked up John Kelly and I got a military general. Oh no, he plays for the Rams. My bad. He still plays for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I thought he played for the Chargers. I, I saw his uniform, and because their uniforms literally are the exact same thing, I thought he played for the <laughs> the freaking Chargers. But no, it's like John Kelly freaking skates. Like, why aren't you showing him skateboard and stuff like that? Like he's like. He is, for a football player, like, surprisingly good at skateboarding. For, like, a... Like, like, some of the tricks that... I don't think people realize how fucking hard it is and how much, like, time it takes to learn a trick for skateboarding. Like, I just learned how to ollie a couple of months ago, and I still can't do it while rolling. Like, it's... It takes, like... It took me hundreds of reps for me to learn how to ollie. And then, even then, it's, like... It's fucking hard for me to do it. Like, I don't think people realize how hard it is. Like, show him skateboard. He's awesome at it. Like, for somebody who's not a pro skater and who, like, has a full-time job and who's a running back and all this other stuff, and for him to, like, be able to 
be able to like skate the barracks pretty well is like or at least the shots that I had or they had, excuse me, but for him to be able to like skate the barracks like pretty well, it's you know, it's something to be commended. But yeah, I was I was happy that not a lot of like they didn't have a lot of narratives to run with. You know, I didn't have to watch them try to convince me that a undrafted free agent is more important than the starting quarterback of the uh, of, of all of these football teams. But you know, it's great for me. Not necessarily great for um for people who wanted to watch it. Like I remember, I, I watched like Kay Adams, for example, like talk about how like she was excited to see like which undrafted free agents. We're going to make the team. And I was like, why? I'm not. The majority aren't. I'm just playing a numbers game. I hate to be, like, the asshole and stuff like that. But it's like, I could care less. I would. I, I want to focus more on, um, on, um, on players that are actually going to make the team and have an impact. That's what I meant to say. I'm going to take a quick water break here before I get into something else and probably continue forward with um, Hard Knocks. And then we'll get into something else. And then we'll end the podcast. I'll talk about what happened with Dak and the Dallas Cowboys. Besides getting Everson Griffin, there is like a meeting or, or um, kind of a, a, a press conference today. And then on Friday, I don't know if I'll have a podcast on Friday. But if I do, it will be about essentially the Dallas Cowboys' um, first actual like live in practice practice this year. Ladies and gentlemen... 24th podcast.
Short break. I know. I know. It was like a two-minute break. Almost a three-minute break. It was a lot of water. I filled up two cups. I'm probably going to have to take another bathroom break, depending on uh, when I freaking end this podcast. I don't know. We'll see. But what was I talking about? I was talking about hard knocks. Let me light up again. It's been like almost two hours since I snuffed the flame. I will admit this. I did drive by Bed Bath & Beyond. I was very tempted to go inside there. But I always open up the, the, the freaking the candles and I smell them. And I like waft the wax smell. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm that thorough in my smelling of candles. And, it's, and I did it with these candles that I bought from Kroger. Come on. Are you serious? I did it with... That lighter is probably out. I did it with, like, Kroger. And um, I did it early in the morning so that way people wouldn't think I'm a weirdo. This, I know this one has gas. I can see the gas. It's one of those see-through lighters. Come on now. Here we go. So, I went to Kroger, found these candles, smelled them, and I was like, oh, I like the scent. I'll, I'll, I'll use these. Um, I'll buy these. And they're kind of cheap, but not as good, obviously. But um, I didn't want to go into, like, freaking... Bed Bath and Beyond and start picking up candles and putting my hands on everything and start wafting them and be like, yeah, you know, let me smell them. It's like, eh, that's a little bit weird and kind of unsafe, unsafe. And I'm like, I'll I'll wait. But how long can I wait? Because some of the candles that I bought, one of them is almost out, and the other couple aren't as strong when it comes to the ability to permeate and circulate their smells through my through my room. I don't, I don't necessarily know how long I'm gonna last, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyways, going back to what I was talking about, the um, the episode of Hard Knocks last night. Learned a lot about Sean McVay as a head coach. He's a great head coach. What a surprise. Pretty much didn't, didn't need to see an hour-long show about that. Um, players are taking it seriously. Oh, yeah. The whole Jalen Ramsey incident. With Jalen, essentially, if you don't know what happened, um, I think it was a week ago, essentially Jalen Ramsey was being asked questions by the media. And the media asked him essentially like hey Jalen uh what do you think about what do you think about like what are your thoughts well actually I have I fucking wrote the questions down why am I why am I guessing I wrote them down why am I guessing so the, the reporter asked what was the question is it important to you to have a contract done before the season starts before the season opener specifically. Jalen's response was, my agent in the front office will handle it. Straight to the point, answers your question. The journalist continues with this. 
But is it important for you mentally before the season opener? He pretty much asked the exact same question. And Jalen responds with the exact same response because essentially he's prepared this answer because he knows that this is the question that they're going to ask and this is the question that they most likely want a strong and controversial answer to so that way they can create headlines about Jalen Ramsey saying Jalen Ramsey is at fault with with the front office of the of the 40 not of the 49ers but of the Los Angeles Rams to create a headline and a bunch of stories that really don't matter that much but yeah um he responds with the exact same response but he calls he kind of like calls them out on it and he's like like what are you what are you trying to do like what was this quote he's like you got to take the answer i give you like because he knows that he's trying to get them to answer he like he knows that they are trying to get him uh, specifically excuse me um to answer in a way that they want him to answer which is i think i kind of said what he just said um in the video like i i kind of paraphrased but not really that was almost like a direct quote. So then another reporter obnoxiously is like, uh, well, hold on. It is a fair question considering. And then he just cuts them off and then he walks out. Now, depending on who you are, you know, how you interact with certain people and all that good maybe not interact is the best way of putting it but like what you think of when it comes to certain players and things of that nature like this was either a big deal or this wasn't a big deal for me it's not a big deal want to know why it's a big deal want to know why it's not a big deal because the media was goading him they were goading him they were pushing and prodding him to get a specific response and Jalen called them out on it and he's like bro I'm not like sitting here going to get probed excuse me um uh, by you guys trying to get a different answer out of me this is ridiculous like nobody wants to hear it i don't want to hear it i don't really care that much he obviously doesn't care either so when it comes to Jalen Ramsey and him being like, well, I don't necessarily want, I don't want to do this. I don't want you guys to constantly probe me and prod me. I'm out. He's walking out. Stuff like that. Like, I think it was in the right. I think it was in the right. I think it's also obnoxious that they tried to get him to change his answer as well. I was like, once you like, once you have a follow up question, that's literally the exact. It's not even a follow up question. It's just rephrasing the question, trying to get a different response. It's not really. You're not really probing deep. Even like, even if like, there there's certain things where it's like in in cross examining, and I kind of mentioned it when um uh, in yesterday's podcast when I was talking about journalists interviewing more specifically cross examining, interrogating essentially, um. Mike McCarthy and Jason Garrett and other head coaches it's like when that happens usually coaches and and uh yeah usually coaches they have prepared statements they have philosophies on dealing with these questions Bill Belichick is kind of straight to the point monotone no emotional no information type of uh answers meanwhile Mike McCarthy loves to give you soliloquies to burn out a lot of clock and make you be like oh my god I can't believe I asked him that question I literally got nothing out of a two minute long response 
And that's essentially what Mike McCarthy likes to do, but obviously Jason Garrett doesn't like to do it. But Jalen, he's not a coach, he's a player, and they don't necessarily prepare their players to essentially um, manage the PR. They, they pay their players to play football. But in this particular case, he had to um, he had to be a PR guy. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So the final thing that I'll end on is uh, strong opinion sports. Ranking NFL quarterbacks who I'd pay $30 million for, that's kind of arbitrary already. I feel like whenever people look at money and look at financial situations in the NFL, they're like, well, I wouldn't pay this guy $30-plus million. And it's like, why wouldn't you pay him $30 million? That's under market value. Like, the market is somewhere between $34-35 million. If you want to reset the market, you would pay Dak Prescott over $35 million. Probably like 36, 37 million, right? Really, the market goes up by like five plus million dollars with each new signing, three to four, probably. Yeah, I think like three to four is pretty fair. I think Jimmy got paid like 31, 32 million dollars annually, and then it was Russ who reset them, or it was like Aaron, I think, who reset the market, or Ben Roethlisberger, and then Russell Wilson like reset it his year. Like the quarterback market pretty much gets reset almost every single year. So, strong opinion sports, the context, he doesn't like Dak, he wouldn't pay Dak, fine, sure, whatever. Let me also write him his name down for when Dallas goes 10-6 and six and beats Carson Wentz. Uh, let me write his name down, hold on. You think I'm tripping, you think I'm lying, like, check back with me in like four months. When Dallas probably has the division... How, how many games does Dallas have wrapped up? Not wrapped up, but like... How many games do they have to play in December? I think it is four games, right? It should be four games. I mean, they have a, um, a game after New Year's, but it's pretty much four games. So, pretty much mid, mid-December... Is one we'll pretty much know, right? Like Dallas will pretty much win the division. They'll go ten and six minimum. I might add maximum fourteen and two, fifteen and one. There, I don't like undefeated seasons. Way too much pressure. But um, yeah, Dallas is gonna go uh, ten and six, fourteen and two max. Strong opinion sports here on the list. I will take my victory lap and I will talk my shit in mid December. You think I'm tripping? I, I will. I kid you not, check back in four months later. Kid you not. Watch me. So here we're going to listen to like a little bit of this. I don't want to spend like an hour on this. This is like a 20-minute video, but I don't want to spend like an hour on this. I'm just going to have like a couple. I wish he would. Does he have graphs and players? And Okay, good. He does actually put in names. Here we go. So here's Strong Opinion Sports talking about. Hold on. I, I haven't seen this video, so this is kind of like my raw impression of it. So we'll just kind of watch this shit together. Dak Prescott signing the franchise tag kind of sent me down this crazy rabbit hole where, you know, Dak's making over $30 million next year. And I had to ask myself, okay, which quarterbacks in the NFL 
would I be comfortable and would I want to pay $30 million? There's that, that line, $30 million. There's like not really many quarterbacks that want to pay more than that. Why? Again, why? Like, as cute as it is to be like, I wouldn't pay him $30 million. You have to give me a why, right? Because again, $30 million is what, like... Like out of two hundred out of a two hundred million dollar cap, that's what like less than ten percent of the of the cap. Which some people are like less than ten percent twenty four isn't that a lot? And it's like no, it's not. Not for a quarterback, it's not. Look at how much money Patrick Mahomes is getting paid. Look at how much Russell Wilson is getting paid. Look at how much Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers are getting paid. They are getting paid a lot of money. I know that it's only a couple of million dollars over like thirty million, but yeah, like getting paid thirty five. 33 34 million yeah it's a big deal comparatively to 30 million in fact being even paid 35 million at this point with Mahomes essentially resetting the market again getting paid 35 million isn't that big of a deal that's the reality that we live in and you know it's kind of crazy there's a massive problem right now in the NFL where a ton of quarterbacks like so many quarterbacks are making way more money than I would pay them and then I then I think they deserve kind of I'd call it an epidemic if if you know there wasn't a real actual pandemic in the NFL it wouldn't feel as bad saying there's an epidemic in the NFL quarterbacks are making too much money too much of the salary cap so a lot of people make this argument a lot of people make this complaint about the NFL and people having to pay quarterbacks Um, my always counter argument to that is look at the teams that aren't paying their quarterbacks significant amount of dollars. They're usually losing teams. It's very, very hard to screw up the quarterback position. Um, unless you're just like, unless you're just really, really bad at it, but let's say you're really, really bad at fighting, uh, not fighting, but like finding a, um, a quarterback. Let's say you're very, very terrible at developing a quarterback. Let's say you're very, very bad at, understanding the quarterback and you sell out and you pay overpay him like yeah all right fine sure you know you screwed the pooch on that but for the most part when you pay quarterbacks money when you give them money in this league you get a high return on them it's not just offense it's not just defense it's not just the quarterback the quarterback like football is a team sport it is a, a team sport it's not just about one guy but if it is but if it is about one guy, it is about the quarterback. That's why the quarterbacks always go number 1 in the draft, at least the best ones. That's why the quarterbacks get paid the most because if you don't pay a quarterback and he's one of the best players in the league because of his position, because that's what happens when you have a quarterback, it's like just because of the position that he plays, he is the most valuable player on your team if he's like the best at it or maybe not the best, but like one of the best at it, let's say he's top 10, top 12, then yeah, you have to pay him a lot of money because that's how this football, that's how this sport works. You can't like, let me see the teams that like didn't make the playoffs last season. Maybe not, maybe not didn't make the playoffs. Let's just look at the teams that made the playoffs last year, right? Patriots, Eagles, right? Good quarterbacks. Seattle, good quarterback. Green Bay, good quarterback. 
uh, the 49ers, good quarterback play in some stretches, but carried more specifically by the run game, which can happen, and the defense, which can also happen. Look at what happened with Peyton Manning and the uh, Denver Broncos. Peyton Manning was terrible that year, but he got carried by an an all-star cast of defensive players in a strong running game, and that's literally what happened with the San Francisco 49ers before anyone wants to call me out and be like 24. The San Francisco 49ers did it without a quarterback, technically. You said you didn't like uh, freaking Jimmy Garoppolo. I still don't. They did it without him. They did it with his run game, with the run game and the defense. That's kind of common slash uncommon. Minnesota, again, did it with a strong run game. Not as strong of a defense. In fact, I think the Saints, if they had played better, they would have beaten the Vikings. Uh, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. Baltimore, they lost in the first round. But again, Lamar is actually a pretty damn good quarterback, even though he runs a lot. Uh, Saints, good defense, good running game. Also, pretty damn good quarterback. Bills, run. Uh, same thing with the uh, the Vikings and the 49ers. Great run game, great defense, average quarterback. You can And great head coach, by the way, Sean McDermott. You can win football games that way, but you can't win a lot that way, as by them losing in the wild card seed or in the wild card round. Houston, no offensive line, no running game, one wide receiver, went to the playoffs. And by the way, defense, a little bit shoddy, went to the playoffs, almost beat Kansas City in Kansas City. If, if freaking what's-his-face, what's-his-face, O'Brien knew what he was doing. And then the Titans. The Titans formula is literally what I described with the Vikings and the Niners and uh, who else runs the football a shit ton? Uh, and, and the Ravens, right? Except the Ravens, they actually have a good quarterback. But, I mean, these teams that go into the playoffs and want some success, like, you got to have a good quarterback. That's kind of why they also signed Ryan Tannehill because he was, like, one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. So this arbitrary number of, like, who I'd pay $30 million for, it's not even that big of a deal anymore because it doesn't take up as much of a percentage when it comes to the cap as people would think. Please do your homework. And so what I did, you know, I'm going to rank the quarterbacks based on what I'd pay them. Uh, I'm going to go through the list of who I think, who I would, you know, based on the talent, I'm going to rank their talent and then say the talent has to match up with how much they're making. Here's how I would rank them. And then, then the end, we're going to talk about the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, why I think so many of them are overpaid. Okay, so let's just skip ahead. So let's just say top five quarterbacks would pay $30 million. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, absolutely agree with that. Second tier, besides Carson Wentz, I think he's a little bit unproven. Top tier quarterbacks would pay twenty to twenty five million dollars. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford. Like a lot of people want to live in this fantasy land where they're like, Well, I would pay the quarterback, this quarterback, thirty million dollars um, in the NFL. And the reality is is that that doesn't work. You're going to get outbid by teams that are like, I'll pay you thirty five million if you come play for my team. And the, and the quarterback will always say, okay, yeah, I'll take that. And then on top of that, people are constantly denying the market. Listen, this is how the league works, whether you like it or not. You cannot pay Tom Brady, or not Tom Brady, but Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins and Ben, like Ben isn't making $20 million already. Neither is Kirk or Stafford or I think even Ryan. Like, And Rodgers isn't even making, you would pay Aaron Rodgers 20 to $25 million? 
Like, I always say Aaron Rodgers is on the decline, but his decline is still top five. Like, he's not the second best quarterback in the league. Oh, my God, boo-hoo. But he's still one of the best in the league, once again. Oh, my God. What? I, I got to listen to a little bit of this. Found a way to win. Made it work. And so, if Aaron Rodgers can get embarrassed by the same defense that Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes hold their own against, I'm not putting Aaron Rodgers in the same category as them. Technically, Russell Wilson lost twice to the 49ers, didn't he? I know the last game was BS, but technically he did lose twice. Wait, is he talking about Baltimore? Right, Baltimore? I mean, yeah, I guess so. But Baltimore lost, and they got shredded by the Titans. Like, okay. Sorry. I know it's going to make people mad, but I'm not doing it. Why aren't you doing it? Tell tell me more. Why aren't you doing it? Elaborate. Almost played against the 49ers. Russell Wilson almost beat them. Hold on. Here we go. Let's go. Let's give him full context. Super Bowl in the last three years. Drew needs help. He hasn't gotten it done. Even though I love Drew Brees, I'm not giving Drew Brees $30 million. I got to pay people around him so I can still win with Drew Brees. You already did. Everybody's paid. Cam Jordan is paid. Marshawn Lattimore is still a rookie. Mike Thomas just got paid. Alvin Kamara, I think, is going to get paid next season. Like, you've, you've paid the majority of the players that are there, and you just added Emmanuel Sanders. Like, everybody's fine. Like, again, I think, you, I think you're going to have to pay. Like, is, I don't know how long Ryan Ramchek is signed but they always have good offensive lines. Like, the majority of the players are paid. Like, and again, we're talking about salary caps here, right? You can pay Drew Brees 30-plus million dollars annually and still have enough money to pay the majority of the team. That's the thing that I think people don't understand because it's like they, they think $30 million is a lot of money in relation to, like, the NFL and the cap. It's, it's not. If you understand what you're doing with signing players and like like take everson griffin for example i think dallas had like 12 million dollars in cap space available this offseason because of some salary cap shenanigans that they did um with travis frederick and his retiring and obviously not signing dak prescott to a fucking multi-million dollar contract excuse me but how much money did they have in the offseason or this season, yeah, they have $5 million in cap space. Do you want to know why they have $5 million in cap space? Because they signed everybody, including Everson Griffin. They just went out and got him. Yeah, he's there. He's full, he's locked in at $3 million right now. If he helps the team, he gets like another $3 million in incentives. And none of it is guaranteed, by the way, so they can cut him at any time, at any point in time, without any risk. Again, you can do stuff like this if you're a good GM. Aaron Rodgers is another guy. Let's hear more. Here. Uh, this deciding factor for me, th- this is going to make people very mad. Why are you saying Aaron Rodgers isn't an elite quarterback? The deciding factor for me was the way that he handled the 49ers defense. Go watch last year. Go watch how Russell Wilson played the 49ers. Go watch how Patrick Mahomes played against the 49ers. Russell Wilson almost beat them. He held his own. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, partner. Hold on. Uh, 
Oh, he's talking about them in the Super Bowl. I was like, okay, okay. I think he did. He even I think it might have actually. Been, but Patrick Mahomes actually like context wise, he didn't pop off until like the second half, and that was technically in the fourth quarter. Like, if you want the complete like context, and it kind of took a little bit of screwing and befuddling, um, screwing upping and befuddling of the uh, of the 49ers part to uh, to essentially bring Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs back in the football game. If I just, just a little bit of context. Back, did he beat the 49ers? Or was it like, I can't remember, did it, he either beat the 49ers or it came down to like the final play and he almost beat the 49ers. My point is, Russell Wilson held the zone against the 49ers. I think he lost twice. He, he technically lost twice. Let me, let me look it up for him. This is why I love doing things on my computer. It's like I, I literally have a machine that tells me like if I'm right and if I'm wrong. Let me check it out. I know he lost once, but I think he lost twice. Oh no, he won in overtime. Okay, the um the first time around, the second time around, he should have won, but he didn't. And when Aaron Rodgers played against the Forty ers he lost in the NFC Championship game. He lost. He got embarrassed. He lost. It was bad. It was ugly. He was really bad. And two weeks later, Patrick Mahomes played against the Forty ers defense. Did pretty well. Held the zone. Wasn't pretty. Found a way to win. Made it work. And so also, I should also mention like the 49ers, they were playing with like a significant league. Like as much as I give Aaron Rodgers a lot of flack, his defense was not very good that that game either. They got destroyed in that football game. Like, let me look up that game and let me just take a quick peek at like how I would bet. The 49ers had somewhere close to 200 yards of rushing against the Packers. And I give Rodgers a lot of flack. But even then, it's like, I know when I'm kind of being ridiculous. Let me look up uh, the Green Bay Packers game, the box score. Oh, yeah, they scored 20 points in a quarter. The, uh, The Niners did. And where is rushing? Oh, yeah, Raheem Morstert had fucking 220. It was worse than the Dallas Cowboys game against the Rams. But Rodgers had three sacks, two interceptions. It didn't necessarily help him out. Doesn't necessarily help him out at all. That is, like, Jimmy Garoppolo had 77 yards. He had six completions in the game. So, if Aaron Rodgers can get embarrassed by the same defense that Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes hold their own against, I'm not putting Aaron Rodgers in the same category as them. Should also kind of like caveat for caveat's sake, and this is kind of like why you don't necessarily like put like all of your stock in a head-to-head matchups. Technically, Aaron Rodgers beat Russell Wilson the week before. Like, does that or does that not count for something? Like, what was his justification for paying Russell Wilson? Please don't tell me that he, that your justification is because he, he held his own against the uh, the 49ers. Having a bad offensive line and 
Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, they both can. Carson Wentz is also elite. Okay, here we go. So he talks about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is not elite. Watch him this year. He's not going to be elite. And that are worth $30 million or more dollars and are elite. I think Patrick Mahomes speaks for himself. Yep. Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson are ridiculously talented and really underappreciated, in my opinion. Uh, what stands out to me is the ability by Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson to win and make the playoffs and do very well, even with a bad offensive line. People have no idea how hard that is. Most quarterbacks cannot overcome having a bad offensive line, and Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, they both can. Carson Wentz is also elite. Okay, so then he goes into the Carson Wentz thing. Yeah, but Aaron, like, again, you can't put a lot of stock in head-to-head matchups. You can't. Because then you get into this slippery slope of, well, Aaron Rodgers beat Russell Wilson. You're saying Russell Wilson beat the 49ers. Technically, Aaron Rodgers indirectly beat the 49ers because he beat Russell Wilson, who beat the 49ers earlier on that season. Like, let me plug in my computer first. Sorry that my mic, oh, I think my, I think my microphone just went out again. Sorry about that. But again, this is why you can't indirectly and directly compare people. Or not indirectly, but like directly... I wouldn't say compare, my bad. Let me rephrase that. Why you can't put a lot of stock into direct uh, one-to-one matchups. Or not one-to-one, but like head-to-head matchups. Sorry about that. And two weeks later, Patrick Mahomes played against the 49ers defense. Did pretty well. Held the zone. Wasn't pretty. Found a way to win. Made it work. And so... If Aaron Rodgers can get embarrassed by the same defense that Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes hold their own against, I'm not putting Aaron Rodgers in the same category as them. Sorry. I know it's going to make people mad, but I'm not doing it. Rodgers is good. He's a good quarterback. What? What? I am so... Not a Rodgers fan, especially as a Cowboy fan. I'm so... I do not like Aaron Rodgers at all. But even I can be like, Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The caveat, the the contention cannot only be he has lost to one of the best defenses in the league in Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes barely won against that team. Like, that cannot be the reason that he's not elite. That, that, that just cannot be the reason. $20, 25000000 million, he's not elite. You would not Pack pay him. Tw- I would pay him $30 million. I'd pay Aaron Rodgers $30 million right now, minimum. He's like, I want $30 million. I'm like, done. Hey, 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 paperwork, guys. Get the paperwork done. We're bringing Aaron Rodgers to Dallas. What are you talking Fans about? Are you-, you, what do you, t- you wouldn't pay Aaron Rodgers $30 million. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, if you were, if you were the fucking Tennessee Titans... With Ryan Tannehill, you for damn sure would pay Aaron Rodgers $30 million right now. Jesus Christ. Telling at me, I'm so sorry, Tom Grassi. I'm sure you're mad, too. I hope we can still be friends. People keep saying, you know, Packers fans keep saying, Aaron Rodgers just needs a good receiver. He's got Devontae Adams. And that's it. And that's it. Look around. Look around. Look around. He doesn't have anybody. Like, 
I cannot believe I'm having to defend Aaron Rodgers right now. I, I cannot believe I am having to defend Aaron Rodgers on my own damn show. You, like, does everybody realize, right, that Aaron Rodgers has not had a top-tier defense, like, for the majority of his career, except for some of the years that he, like, went and won to the Super Bowl and was dominant in the playoffs. Like, everybody realizes that, right? And then on top of that, Aaron Rodgers has not had a top-tier receiver, or not a top-tier receiver, but, like, a top-tier wide, wide receiver drafted in the first round in, like, 15 years. Like, I think the last offensive player drafted in the first round was him. And then it was, like, some other receiver. And then, like, obviously this year it was Jordan Love. Like, this dude has been getting it done with, like, third-round draft picks, like, second-round draft picks, undrafted free agents, free agents. Like, dudes that you would not expect to be elite are now elite. Maybe not elite, but are, like, good or not good. Like, come on, man. I don't want to have to defend Aaron Rodgers. And you're forcing me to defend Aaron Rodgers. Come on, man. Come on. He's got a good defense. And if you're saying Aaron Rodgers needs more help, that's my point exactly. If I take away, for example, and a lot of people like to like to make this like argument with Russell Wilson. A lot of people like to say, well, Russell Wilson can win a lot of football games without an offensive line. And a lot of people are going to say, well, Deshaun Watson can win a lot of football games without an offensive line. But that's not, and this is, this is the exact same thing that I said when I was watching the break a couple of weeks ago. And I, like, pulled up that clip of Derek Eagleton saying, like, you know, I don't know if Dak is a top-tier guy because he doesn't get it done without an offensive line. And it's like, well, yeah, you don't want him to play without an offensive line. He is a quarterback. Like, that's the exact same argument that people use here. It's like, why wouldn't you want your quarterback to play behind an offensive line? You are purposely handicapping your quarterback and forcing him to make plays that he shouldn't have to make and make and take risks that he shouldn't have to take and take hits more specifically that he shouldn't have to take. And you're making the product not as good as it potentially could be. You're making the quarterback not as good as he potentially could be. The whole concept of stripping away the quarterback's best friend, which is their offensive line, men, best friends in this case, and saying, hey, go win us football games without having a good offense, like that's ridiculous. That is asinine. Stop paying him so much money. Take a pay cut, and you might be okay. Last year, Aaron Rodgers had a good offensive line, good running game, a good defense, and came up short. Defense was overrated, in my opinion. And you know why the Packers couldn't trade for DeAndre Hopkins when DeAndre Hopkins clearly, I don't know if the Packers really had a chance to trade for him. This might be kind of a cheap shot. I don't mean it that way. I don't, I don't know... Like, I don't know if they were even in the running. Like, I didn't hear the Green Bay Packers were in the running. I heard that the Eagles were in the running. And, I, and like, I, I'm, I'm really interested to, see his re- to hear his reasoning. Let's, let's hear it. But even if the Packers had wanted DeAndre Hopkins, they can't pay him. Try to trade for him. You can't afford him because they're too busy paying Aaron Rodgers the moon. Okay, so let's take a shot here. So let's see their draft cap requirements right let's see their uh their draft let's see like not their draft cap requirements excuse me their draft capital from last season so let's just see if they have the money not the the money but the capital to be able to pay for deandre hopkins to get on a flight to green bay to play in green bay 
And again, I didn't even hear that the Green Bay Packers were in contention for DeAndre Hopkins. All I heard was that it was the Eagles and obviously the Cardinals, and that's kind of it. Apparently, he was in like the talks or it was being worked for about a year, like like whispers of DeAndre Hopkins getting traded for like a year were in the works. So I don't necessarily know how many teams picked up on the whispers. I wouldn't have believed it if you told me, but obviously they have Bill O'Brien as their head coach, so anything is possible. Oh yeah, they have way too, they have the, they have the capital. Um, the uh, the Cardinals gave up a third and a fifth, so they have the capital. They would probably have to give up a running back or a bad contract or whatever. I mean, give up Aaron Jones and get DeAndre Hopkins. Have them pay Aaron Jones. I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't care. That's what I would do. I'm not even kidding. I'm like, yeah. And then guess what? Guess what? Because you gave up a third and a fifth, you would then have the second round draft pick to to take A.J. Dillon. And then if you don't want Aaron Rodgers, guess what? You can then go out and then draft Jordan Love. And then it's like, oh, wait, that kind of makes a little bit more sense because you have Devontae Adams and then you have DeAndre Hopkins and then you have A.J. Dillon and then you can continue forward. So, yeah, that kind of works. But let me... So, yeah, they have the draft capital. But let me see the cap space. Let's just check. How much money does he want again? Let me do this. Let me look up his numbers, his cap, like the the contract that he's currently on right now. He's going to be a free agent in like two years. And then let me go to like wide receivers and kind of like take a glance at the market here and see what the market is. So Julio Jones is getting paid $22 million. Amari Cooper is getting paid $20 million. So you'd have to increase his cap by like the, the amount of money that he's going to be paid by probably like uh, 20, not 20, like 7 million. Right now, the Green Bay Packers have like $7 million. They're like, they have 13 million, right? So, mm, let me check out 2021 here. How much cap? Okay, so 2021, you can do it because you have $30 million in cap space. So, what I would do if I was the GM of the, uh, is Bakhtiari still signed? No, he's not. Bakhtiari is a free agent. That's why. I was like, why do you have so much money in 2021? It's because you're missing uh, David Bakhtiari, uh, who's one of your most important offensive linemen, by the way. So what I actually would do, I don't know any of their players, man. What I would actually do is I would I would probably trade. I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be... It's weird to say because the GM worries about the future problems. I'd be like, I'm like, if it's a third and a fifth, fuck yeah, I'm trading for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm like, he's gonna take up the majority of our cap, and by the majority, I mean the rest of it. But Aaron Rodgers, DeAndre Hopkins, Zadarius Smith, the the overrated defense, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, I don't care. I don't care. We got like we got the players. I don't care. So, yeah, um, they they don't have the money to extend him, but he signed 
throughout 2023. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is the easiest fucking thing ever, right? Here, here's what you gotta do. Here's what you gotta do, right? You sign him to like a four-year, multi-million-dollar deal, right? You sign, and, and this is what people don't understand about GMing, right? So here's what you do. So he signed throughout 2023. What I would do is I would sign, I would trade and then sign him. And I'm not, and you, if you've ever heard me talk about um, contracts on the podcast, you know I'm not a big believer in signing, in trading for a guy and then signing that guy. I'm a huge non-believer in that. I think that's the worst thing to do as a GM, trading a bunch of draft picks, like first round and second round draft picks for one player and then having to sign that guy into my, to max contract or to a max contract. I think that's a terrible way of going about your business as a GM. However, in this particular case, you're not giving up a first and a second round draft pick, so you're stuck with DeAndre Hopkins if he doesn't work out. You sign him, you, you're giving away a third and a fifth round draft pick, and then, which isn't a lot of money, by the way, or a lot of draft capital, if you want my honest opinion about it, and then you get to sign him to a bigger contract. You, you, like, how old is he? How old is he? I would sign him to a four-year deal. So he signed throughout 2027, right? How old is he? He's like almost 30, right? Or is he 30? He has seven years in the league, so I'm assuming he's almost 30, right? Not even... Hold on. He's 28. Oh, that's... So we're 2020... So he would be signed throughout... So he would be 35 by the time that we're done with him. That may be a little bit too long of a contract. I would just add on like... A three more, a three year deal. Let's do that. Three more years. So he signed throughout 2023. So he would be, when is his birthday? Okay, it's June 6th. So he would be, what, like in three years time, technically two years because he already has birthday. Two, year, two years time in 2023, he would be, what? 30 he would be 30 wait am i doing this right no he would be 31 my bad and then you add on like a three more deal three year four more uh four year deal and he would be essentially one of the highest paid uh, ride receivers and then you could ast- extend that contract and i always talk about extending contracts um you could extend that contract or not uh extend it oh my god you could spread out the dead not the dead money you could spread out the money in that new contract add it to his new to his old contract and you could essentially make it a lot more reasonable to manage DeAndre Hopkins, give him more guaranteed money up front, and then take the guaranteed money away later on in the back end of the contract. So that way, later on in his career, you can cut him and, uh, if his play declines or if he just doesn't want to take a pay cut and bada bing, bada boom, we get DeAndre Hopkins, Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae Adams for the majority of Aaron Rodgers' career in Green Bay. And then we can get Jordan Love if you really want him, and then A.J. Dillon. And then the move seems smarter because we have a good wide receiving core, a good running back. We can still probably get away with trading, not trading, but signing our offensive linemen. This shit is fucking easy if you know what you're doing. Um, It's not easy if you don't know what you're doing and you're trying to be like, well, I wouldn't pay Aaron Rodgers $25 million because I can't pay anyone else. It's like there's ways to get around um, paying a lot of players a lot of money. Look at Dallas. Look at Dallas. They just paid Everson Griffin. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, this is easy. 
This is easy stuff. So I, I believe the Packers are paying Aaron Rodgers too much. People are mad at me, but it's true. It's not now, true. The other guys in this tier are Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, Big Ben, Kirk Cousins. They're all good quarterbacks. I'd pay them 20 $25 million. They still need good teammates. The other guy is Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford is here too. So he talks about Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I saw him win a bunch of football games with a team that should not have. I saw him almost go to the playoffs with a team that should not have gone to a playoff to the playoffs. He lost his best receiver, his best running back. So pretty much his best players on the football team besides himself, he lost in one year. And then uh, and then he only had Juju, who I think was banged up for the majority of the season, and then James Conner, who's like a backup, who's okay, by the way. And then that was it, and they almost went to the playoffs. Like, Ben Roethlisberger is good. Dak Prescott is great. And he talks about talent. I don't know how he describes talent, if I'm honest with you. But, you know, continue. And I love Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford is criminally underappreciated. I think Matthew Stafford might be... A- I probably didn't do him a service mentioning him at the end of this top, at the end of this this tier, because he probably belongs at the top of the tier. But I'm still not going to pay Matthew Stafford. How, like, how do you how do you how do you say in one sentence, in one breath, that he deserves to be at the top of the tier, and then go into why he doesn't belong in the top tier? It's a little bit oxymoronic, isn't it? Let's fast forward through the video because it's like I'm tired. Like it's it's eleven o'clock at night dollars a year and these are starting quarterbacks but they're lower end starting quarterbacks they need a lot of help they need a lot, lot okay so he has a third tier teddy bridgewater ryan Tan- what the fuck is this what third tier quarterback so these are the quarter these are like bottom half of the league Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Nick Foles, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor. How much money is Teddy getting paid? How much is he, how much is he getting paid? Uh... He's getting paid fourteen million. Like, <laughs> what? His his guaranteed salary is eight million this year, and then it's seventeen million next year, and then it balloons up to twenty million. Like, Teddy Bridgewater, you're making peanuts off of Teddy Bridgewater. But do you want to know what you get with Teddy Bridgewater? You get peanuts because he's not a good quarterback. So yeah, like I think he's worth ten to fifteen million. Do I think, for example? Like, I would not pay. Here, here's the thing, right? I like to think of this as boom or bust. I like to think like I'm either paying a dude or I'm just not paying a quarterback, right? And I'm gonna f- try and find my quarterback. That's that's my mentality when it comes to being a GM. I don't like to have placeholders unless they are guys that are gonna be here for a year, maybe two years. And that's kind of it. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick is kind of a good pra- placeholder. I think Jimmy Garoppolo. You're the 49ers. You're looking for Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson or somebody else. You do not want to roll with Jimmy. How long is Jimmy signed? Because if I'm Kyle Shanahan, if I'm John Lynch, like I am trying to get out of that contract as soon as possible. Hopefully they didn't extend him. 
He's a free agent in three years. Oh, Jesus. But yeah, I'm trying to get out of Jimmy Garoppolo. It's quick. Oh, what is he? What What is his guaranteed numbers? Uh, it stops getting guaranteed after this year. So once you, once Jimmy Garoppolo completes this next year, then they can get rid of him. But before that, you got to pay him fifteen million. So good luck. I would cut Jimmy Garoppolo and try and find another quarterback. But yeah, I I don't I don't get these third tier quarterbacks. I don't even get why you're naming them. Again, I would not play pay any of these players the majority of the money that like I wouldn't pay them ten to fifteen million. I would probably go in and be like, um, one, I would look for a quarterback in the draft or in free agency, and I would pay them. I would probably overpay a quarterback if I'm honest with you. Like if you told me who's a quarterback that like. Kirk Cousins. I think that's a great example of that, where it's like, I may have to pay overpay for Kirk Cousins. You know what? He he said Drew Brees was overpaid. I don't think Drew Brees is overpaid. I think Drew Brees is underpaid. I think uh, Tom Brady is underpaid. I think Aaron Rodgers, according to him, is underpaid. I think Ben Roethlisberger is underpaid. I would overpay those guys, because that's how valuable the quarterback position is. He's going to... I'm, I'm going to skip forward a little bit for, uh, more in the video. I don't know what he's talking about here. I'm, I'm skipping ahead. I'm shooting darts in the dark right now he's probably he said that he was going to talk about the epidemic of overpaid quarterbacks very interested to listen to this true i forgot to mention jacoby Brissett. did you know jacoby Brissett next year is making 27.98 million dollars yeah that's a swing and a miss but again boom and bust i w- i thought jacoby Brissett was better than he actually was and he is not very good it's what happens what the heck? Oh my gosh. That's crazy to me. So based on my metric, my ranking, pretty much every NFL quarterback is overpaid. And I believe that. I think every NFL quarterback is overvalued. That's not true. Overvalued is the wrong word there. Overpaid is true. I understand why quarterbacks are overpaid. Do you? And I got an ad, by the way, which is why it's like the audio just cut out. I got an ad for... Something that I'm not going to buy. Teams have no chance to win in the NFL if you don't have a starting quarterback. You have to have a starting quarterback to make it in the NFL. And I called, when when Teddy Bridgewater signed a $20 million a year contract with the Carolina Panthers, I came out and said, that's a good deal. I like that. Because even though I think he's paid probably $5 million more, then I would give Teddy Bridgewater, hey, $5 million, and you got a steady, stable franchise quarterback. And in comparison to who's being more overpaid, Teddy Bridgewater or Jared Goff, Jared Goff is way more overpaid than Teddy Bridgewater. So in comparison, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater's being overpaid, but in relation to how much other people are being overpaid, Teddy Bridgewater, it's a solid deal. Now, these are the 10 highest-paid quarterbacks in 2020. Number one is Russell Wilson. He's making $35 million a year. Deserved. Love it. Believe in that. Big Ben is making $34 million. Aaron Rodgers is making $33.5 million. Jared Goff, also $33.5 million. Number, the fourth highest paid quarterback in the NFL next year, Jared Goff, making the same amount of money as Aaron Rodgers, making more than Tom Brady? 
Drew Brees? Are you kidding me? No way. Kirk Cousins is making $33 million. Carson Wentz is making $32 million a year. Solid. So, technically speaking, um, I actually have the averages right here. <clears throat> so, these are the quarterback salaries for 2020. So, that is this year. Dak Prescott is making the most. Followed by Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Ryan Tannehill, Aaron Rodgers, and then Derek Carr, and then Jacoby Brissett, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins. If you're wondering how the... And then Alex Smith, by the way, who hasn't played in like two years as well. If you're wondering like how that makes sense and how that works, it's because certain contracts were added... Like the, like the new contract was added on to the old contract, so once again, you could spread out the money. And I think he even technically got the rankings wrong because he completely forgot about... Patrick Mahomes is $45 million annually, which, again, if you want to do, like, annually, he's making the most annually, but technically he's not making that money because I don't even think the contract is supposed to kick in until, like, two years, but technically $45 million. Then Wilson, Roethlisberger, Rodgers, Goff, Kirk Cousins, <clears throat> excuse me, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's a little bit more lopsided than you would think, but it definitely favors some guys when you're looking at it per year-wise over this year-wise. Like, there's a difference in saying this guy makes as a lot of money this year over saying this guy makes a lot of money over the next four years. Prescott making 30.1. I already talked about that, but it, eh, whatever. Matt Ryan, $30 million a year. Ryan Tannehill, 29.5. And Jacoby Brissett. Who would have thought stinking Jacoby Brissett is the 10th highest paid quarterback next year in the NFL? $27.98 million next year. Again, you're going to have swings. You're going to have home runs. You're going to have misses. Boom and bust. What I've paid Jacoby Brissett, first and foremost, I would not have paid Jimmy Garoppolo that type of money in San Francisco. I would not have paid Jacoby Brissett that type of money in Indianapolis. I would have franchise tagged him the next for a year or two years and figured him out because you can't just go in blindly with certain quarterbacks. And I know I constantly say boom and bust, boom and bust, boom and bust, but it's like it's an accurate and assessed risk over just like blindly being like he's our guy. It's like he's our guy when he proves it. It's not just as simple as like, bang, I, I got him and I know him. Nope, you do not. I, I, I didn't even, when I made my list of quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett wasn't even on the list because he's not even a starter. He's making almost $28 million a year to be a backup, more than Tom Brady and Drew Brees to sit on the bench behind Phillip Rivers. Think about that right now. The, people are throwing money around to quarterbacks like nobody's business. Jared Goff. And Jacoby Brissett are making more money than Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Again, technically average per year, but technically this year, Tom Brady is the one, two, three, four, five, sixth highest paid quarterback in this year, making how much money? $25 million is his cap number. He's getting paid buckets. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. Now, I will say, I also left off Mitchell Trubisky. He's not included simply because I wouldn't pay him any amount of money. If I had 
Mitchell Trubisky on my team, he's cut tomorrow. I, he's not my starting quarterback. I would never, ever. I, Mitchell Trubisky is the worst starting quarterback, and he drives me nuts. Nobody. I don't think he's the worst starting quarterback. And as much as I rant and rave about Mitchell Trubisky being like god-awful and things of that nature, I think it is exacerbated by his own GM's stupidity in drafting him instead of drafting the uh, the guy that beat Alabama pretty much twice, had almost 1,000 yards of total offense on them, and, and slash or the guy that can throw in the wind. Uh, but he, he wanted to go with the, uh, the dual-threat quarterback that, from South Carolina that couldn't beat out a backup quarterback in the NFL and had one year, one year in the in in college. Like I can go on and on about Trubisky, but like if I was the like as oxymoronic as it as a like it's there's a difference being inside out and outside in the organization. If I had like the GM probably has one or two more years because I don't, I don't know how the owners feel about him, but they probably love him a lot. If I was the GM, I would roll the dice with Trubisky because more likely than not, like if it doesn't work out this season, check this out. We are going into the draft and we are trading away some assets. We're probably going to have to give away um, one of our defensive linemen or we're probably going to have to give up a future first round draft pick to go up and get Trevor Lawrence and fix this thing. GM probably isn't like going, the GM probably isn't going to see like Trevor Lawrence potentially being the Bears quarterback and that coming to fruition, but at least he'll start the team on the right track to get them to where they need to go to start winning a lot of football games. Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky are some of the most infuriating people I've ever watched on film. I hate watching Mitchell Trubisky. He makes so many obvious mistakes that I just I, I couldn't do it, and I wouldn't pay him any amount of money. He'd be off my team. Now, think about this. Blake, Blake Bortles isn't even in the league anymore, so I... I have no idea why he, he mentioned Blake Bortles. Four top 10 highest paid quarterbacks in 2020 didn't even make the playoffs last year. Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, and Jacoby Brissett. None of them made the playoffs last year. Technically speaking, again, if we're going by how much money like the quarterbacks made or, or are going to make this year, like Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, uh, Philip Rivers, they didn't make the playoffs, and I think Derek Carr. I think he's also in the top ten as well. So, weirdly enough, the Colts are paying a fuck ton of of money for the quarterbacks, like almost forty something million, and they still haven't found their starter for the future. <laughs> and they're going to be in the top ten highest paid quarterbacks this upcoming year. Now, Big Ben was hurt. That's fine. Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, and Ryan Tannehill. All are being paid more than I would pay them. Over $30 million a year? No way. No, Ryan Tannehill, right, 20. Repetitive. Okay. I don't need to see the rest. He's probably going to say these guys don't deserve the money and blah, 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 blah. Listen, there's nuances to paying quarterbacks. It's not just like what they deserve, what they don't deserve, blah, 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 blah. It's like you got to pay the value. You got to pay the market or else somebody else will. And then you're fucking screwed, screwed literally. Um, out of a top guy at his position, and then you're going to find out very, very quickly how bad it is to be a team to be without a quarterback in this league, or better yet, ladies and gentlemen, up a creek without a paddle. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 20. 20- 
Force Podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. If you like this podcast, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Pretty much where you can find any podcast, you can find my podcast, 24 Podcast. It's gonna be up, it's gonna be up late Wednesday night. Um, yeah, it's gonna be up late tonight. Uh, I'll probably have uh, I'll talk about what Dak actually talked about today, tomorrow. So be in tune, be be sure to tune in for that. Also, I'll probably talk about some Ghost of Shishima stuff in the next couple of days. Ladies and gentlemen, until my next podcast, I hope you have a fantastic day, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.